What's going on, everybody? This is the Searching for Something podcast where we look at everything and anything to see if there's value there. Is it worth talking about? Should we be talking about this? Well, we won't know until the end of the conversation, but I have the pleasure this evening to be talking to two strapping, young, smart, quick-witted gentlemen by the name of Will and Joe, and I'm just really excited to do this, and yeah. What's going on, guys? Oh, man. What an intro. I don't even know how to follow that. Well, what I really wanted to talk about with you guys in the beginning is, you know, there's so much stigma around mental health. And so I kind of wanted to just open that floor because I know you and I have had conversations in the past about it. So just overall, what do you what do you think about the current state of it right now in terms Um, of our awareness out there? Well, yeah, I mean, that's it's. I'm right. I'm currently writing an article for my uh, communications class about addiction, and I actually have ended up speaking to a lot of like professionals um, about mental health because it plays in so so closely to substance abuse. And I think that uh, you know, not only on Greek Road, but I think just in college, people don't people don't people don't talk about it enough, and how that how that culture of you know drinking and smoking and partying and not sleeping eating poorly you know how that really plays into somebody's mental well-being i don't think it's i don't think people really know about that yeah i feel like for for men specifically too there's this feeling of almost thinking that being vulnerable is weak of some sort or that you shouldn't be feeling this type of way because you know man up or whatever it is you know i I feel like men are more reluctant to share intimate personal details of how they're feeling which then just leads to this feeling of isolation and being more alone you're like i can't tell anybody so you just kind of live with this weight on your shoulders you know it's it's such an interesting uh dynamic in a in a house you know full of people that you love and then that love you you know, I've I've personally have gotten a lot better at like opening up to friends and stuff and talking about how I feel, but like, it's it's a it's a it's a special loneliness that I don't think happens where we live, but I'm I'm sure, in other houses where it's just like you're surrounded by people, but, not really, you know. It's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic, and it's not even just men I think too because my my girlfriend also knows. I was uh, like, I think there's a. There's a huge, huge thing on like downplaying your own emotions, especially for dudes. I mean, for me, it's kind of like it, it's it's like when I'm talking about it to my friend and like friends asking me about it, it's like, I mean, sometimes it's not that big of a deal. Most of the time, it's not that big of a deal. But then it's like, there's sometimes where it's ah, it's a big deal, but I don't really bring it up like that. I just say ah, it's getting all right. It's like fine. It's you know I'm doing all right. But it, and then I say some stuff that's happened, but it's not really like. It's never like your own. I I've had trouble like actually prompting it. Prompting it. I've never been able to like self advocate, and I feel like it's super hard for guys, especially to self advocate because it's like you know, man up or it's, you're better than that. It's like not. It's not the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What would you say personally? Like, if you got something on your head and you're like, I wish I could talk to somebody about this, and you're talking to a friend in a conversation, and you think it'd be brought up, but what would be kind of that 
inner dialogue that you have within yourself that makes it so you don't communicate how you're feeling. I don't know. It's just like when I'm talking about it with someone, I want to say, oh, you know, I'm I'm not feeling good. But I it comes out as a joke, you know, like I say it. I say it with my own voice being like, <coughs> oh, you know, and then I joke about it. It's like I shouldn't be joking about it because I know it's you're down. You're immediately downplaying it. I'm immediately downplaying. Like it. here's some truth, yeah. but because I threw in some comedy, it's got some funny clothes. Now you don't know how to take it serious. Yeah. So then exactly. let me just kill it. But I externalized some, but yeah. you, you don't you get to the meat really of it. To, yeah, you never really get the whole thing out. And then when it does come out, it comes out in like usually either one big portion or in like a in like a a cry for help. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Yeah, I've, I mean, I'm 19 years old. I've, I still cry sometimes. I mean, not like. Do we, sp- we should be crying. Yeah, I think it's great, dude. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I haven't, I haven't done it in a while, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes, you know, I mean, last one, last time I went home, first time I laid in my bed, I was just by myself. I was like, just cried. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't on my phone, wasn't doing anything. I was just like, fuck. What were some of those emotions that were creeping up that led to that? I don't know. I was just thinking about being in my own house for the first time in a while, you know, not being around the guys I'm around 24-7, you know, and then it's like, what's been different, what's what's not different, and then it's just like, it bundles up, it checks, and then you, right when you're there, you're like, oh, fuck, I can finally just like, I'm by myself, I know no one's going to come in here, it's, you know, it's, oh, it's safe. House, I'm so safe. excited for that. I'm just dude. laying in my own bed, and I'm like... You know, and then it comes, you know? Yeah. It's just, just, you take a deep breath and it just flows. How do you feel afterwards? Afterwards, it's really nice. I mean, you you wake up, you open your eyes, you wipe your tears. It's like maybe two, three, four minutes of just constant tears. And then then you wipe your tears away and you're like, "Mm, yeah, it's not that bad, you know? It comes and it comes in bundles and then... comes out in one big spell and you know i mean you get you get these realizations afterwards you're like okay sure i should talk about that i should talk about this with people and then and then i mean i try to there's people that i do talk to like for real i mean i will say luke katie he's a big part of my life i every time i see him it's kind of just like a him and i kind of just unload on each other um but you know it's never it's never too too hard to handle, I will say. Yeah. What I really like about crying for me personally is that I, I feel this sense of euphoria afterwards where it reminds me of the feeling that I get in a runner's high. It's like the state of flow where you're just completely externalized this load of energy and you're in that momentary state of transition because you're kind of healing, you're taking it all in. And so it's this feeling of, of feeling weightless yeah it's like it's like you take it's like you've taken this whole thing off of your shoulder and there's there's not going to be something like that for a while and it feels like you're just like you're done you're good yeah you've made it and you're able to just flow yeah what i also what it makes me think about too is a lot of people are walking around with really tight muscles you know they got some right here and you know those muscles being different emotions that we're carrying throughout the day because we're all suffering in our own unique way because of our experiences the people we've known um and and whatnot but we're all super tight and i feel like whenever we look 
from an introspective point of view, we got to be our own masseuse and people can also give us massages like in a conversation if i'm going to you and being vulnerable and having this conversation it's like i'm laying down on this massage table and we're just identifying like hey yeah my shoulder right here has been pretty tight like you know i've been really thinking about this and they're like okay yeah let's have a conversation and just through that act you guys are both just kind of like massaging your shoulder and you're like ah like fuck, like yeah, it still might be sore in a little bit, but damn, that felt pretty good. Thanks, appreciate that. Here's, here's twenty bucks. If anything, it's just so relaxing. I mean, Joe and I uh, went on an adventure in downtown uh, Seattle, and we were sitting at the park, uh, pretty high, and we just rolled a couple cigarettes and just got into it for a good hour. Just sitting there, um, just talking about, you know, our girlfriends, mental state, school, whatnot. And I felt like I didn't have to, I felt like I didn't have to do anything for a week. I just felt like my guard was down, like just one conversation. Mm. It's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, he, he let out some tears too. It was I was we getting crying, yeah. So yeah, we, it was kind of how it goes. And then, you know, like twenty minutes, thirty minutes pass, and we're we're still going. And it's it just feels nice to talk about it with someone. Every every time it happens, when when you get it out, it feels it feels good. Yeah. So what would you guys suggest to people who don't have the privilege of being surrounded by? A group of like-minded individuals that are all living together in a house and be able, you know being able to pop into a room and be like hey what's going on this is what i'm talking about you know for someone who is kind of more by themselves especially because of the pandemic you know lack of social interaction so what would you say to those people that don't have that what what should they do to unload on their uh and feel better from a mental health standpoint I mean, the first thing I would say definitely is just seek professional help. Like a therapist is, I know a lot of people who've tried therapists and didn't like them, but I've tried a, f- a few and didn't like them. And then you just find the right one and it is so healthy and they'll, you know, even if your friends, like, of course your friends care about you, friends love you, but they, uh, you know, they don't necessarily know how to deal with listening to you other than, you know, just caring about you. And so a professional like therapist is, I'd say if you haven't found one, keep looking for a good one because they're super good. Would you say for somebody who maybe doesn't have like, you know, good insurance or, or something like that and can't afford a therapist, you know what I mean? Or someone who just, let's say they have the insurance, they can't afford it, but they're like, you know, I just don't want to talk to this person. This, per- this person's got more problems than I do because they listen to problems all day. What am I going to do getting their advice? You know what I mean? There's people who've got a guard up really high. So what, what would you say to somebody that is kind of taking that route? Definitely. Um, I don't like therapists. I don't have one right now. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I get that um, for, like, various reasons. Um, but find, like, a healthy outlet. You know, you find yourself... Smoking a lot, drinking a lot, um, you know, letting off steam in different ways. But, you know, Joe and I just uh, were just sitting down about a month ago and we just decided to start working out again. Now we have like a five day regimen. Like we do it pretty consistently and 
you know, I, I've been playing a lot more guitar. Makes me feel better, you know. Joe's Joe's been writing. I've been writing things like that. You know, being creative. I've been reading more. I mean, I try to get myself alone. You know, outside, preferably if it's not raining or something. Being I, outside is huge. I will somehow. Like, I mean, I haven't done this in a couple couple weeks, but I'll go. I'll go on campus at UW, and I'll just find a bench at the quad, and just read for like 30, 40 minutes, and. You know, it's rewarding. It makes you feel good. Oh, I did this. And it's also like, oh, I got that vitamin D for the day. And I also stretched my legs. I also gave myself time to think by myself without my phone influencing myself. And, you know, without anything coming in and influencing how I'm trying to think. So it's, it was nice. I mean, that's what I've, that's what I've been trying to do as an outlet. But, I mean... If you see yourself with no friends and, and you don't think you can have an outlet, definitely just find a way to get yourself outside and active because it'll keep your body active and it'll keep your mind off of things you don't want to think about. Yeah, definitely. You know, they say on average we need to be walking about 12 hours, uh, 12 miles a day. That's just kind of what we're used to. You know, we're long, uh, we're insane endurance animals. You know what I mean? So we're wired to be active, to be moving. So it's not surprising to see the suicide numbers increase through increased isolation because of the pandemic. You know, just we don't have that stimuli from not only other people, but we're just not walking around. We're not moving. So if this energy isn't being expended in some way physically, then your mind is just going to be creating problems because that's what our brain does. You know, we are problem solvers. So even when there's not a problem to be solved, our brain's like, oh, did you think about this? Uh, now we got a problem. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really do agree with that. I think it, you have to be walking. You just you don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to be dedicated to the gym seven days a week doing this tough regimen. You don't really need to do that if you. Just to start is walk. Go outside, let your mind go. And they also say we need around 8 to 12 hugs. So mm. when, we, when we just kind of look at this, we're supposed to be doing lots of walking. We need around 8 to 12 hugs to kind of just fuel our social battery. When we take that into account, this is what it's like to live as a human. We're in the material world, you know, and... In this world, the more advanced we get, especially screen time increasing, we start to live in these areas of abstraction. You know what I mean? We're so disconnected from the world. And if we look at the future right now and we see the metaverse and the infrastructure for that being developed, we're getting farther and farther away from the actual real material world and we're complexifying it and we're creating different layers of complexity. So... I don't know. What do you guys think depression and mental health is going to look like with, you know, in the future? I think like, like you said, the, the, the physical aspect of it is huge and honestly kind of underrepresented. Um, like, like you said, getting out and uh, I mean, the happiest I've ever been is hiking, you know, on the trail. No, no phone. No distraction, but just moving at least like 12, 15, 18 miles a day. Just going forward, new place, new interactions with nature. And it's so physical. And you don't think about that. Like, I, I don't understand how you could socialize with somebody without actually 
looking at their face and their their entire context of body language and how they're interacting with their environment in the metaverse just doesn't I mean I don't know how they're going to how to how how to replicate that cuz it's so genuine and it's so important in like interpersonal interactions and stuff. They are creating like haptic gloves and whatnot so that when you do interact with things in the world it will send these impulses to your body to make it feel real. So they are they say within the next 10 years there I was just listening to a podcast with Mark Zuckerberg with uh, Lex Friedman and he was saying that Within maybe the next decade, there could be hyper-realistic avatars of you. You know what I mean? And so, all this stuff is going to be looking real, but it's just, you know, it's not the world. Yeah. It's not the real physical world. It's like some, some Ready Player One shit. Um, Never seen that movie. I've yeah. heard about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's a great book. book. Great book, too. Oh, um, it's a book. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, it's weird to think about it, but I think it. I think at the end of the day, mental health completely one hundred percent coincides with with physical health. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you could say, "Oh, there's a really healthy guy, and he's still depressed." It's not like. I mean, sure, you can work out every day and be like a healthy individual, but at the end of the day, it's it's there's other physical aspects to life that you need. Uh, physical social aspects that you need bef- uh, and if that part of your life is unhealthy then a lot of the times when you're by yourself your brain is unhealthy because you're not you're not getting new ideas from other people you're creating your own problems like you said and it's it makes <laughs> at the end of the day if you're sitting by yourself feeling other people through a, a set it's not like I mean sure it looks crazy it looks real but it, it's not. It's all. It's all. It's all something else. It's all something. You still knows. Just, yeah, you still. You, your mind still knows. It's not someone in front of you touching you. You're wearing a whole suit right now. It's you have to get. You have to get prepared to do this. And when you're, you know, at your own house and you give your mom a hug, you step out of your own room wearing your pajamas. You know, it's like, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna. It's. It. I think it might cause some serious mental health problems you think so yeah yeah i think part of the being in the metaverse that i think concerns me is if we are using this vr technology and they're being able to track our eyes because that's where our attention goes wherever our eyes are looking you know what I mean? It's like you see those tests where people are going to an elevator and there's five people already in the elevator looking up. The moment you step in, you're going to look up too. Yeah. Like, what the hell is everyone looking at? So it's like that's where our attention goes. And now when we're on the computer, they can make guesses based on where our mouse is, but they can't necessarily determine our actual eye movement and how we're using their page or using their services. So once we get into the metaverse, and they're able to track all of our eye movements. I just think, to me, what opens up a scarier conversation is just like the ad, the ads. Mm-hmm. Since that's what makes all of this stuff free, is that because there's ads. So once we get into this world and they're able to see exactly what we like, see the levels of dopamine rise and know exactly where our attention goes, it's like, does that just kind of open up the door for us to be more controlled and more siloed into just living a world only how we want to view it so you know what i mean because already right now there's echo chambers online where 
these corporations are the ones that are benefiting the most. Like even right now with the Russia and Ukraine situation, people are saying, yeah, support Ukraine and whatnot. But those posts itself are just going to be circulated around other people who agree with you. So it's just everyone doing a circle jerk. And they're like, yeah, like, you believe that too? Yup, I believe that. And they're just jerking each other off. It's not actually leading to stuff that could create a dialogue. Because people who believe this are only going to see it. And people who don't believe it are going to see all the other stuff on the other side. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting to think about. Uh, at the end of the day, I think, I think differing opinions and bad aspects of life are the parts of life that are most important. Because... You know, you learn so much from just one thing. Like, you break your arm as a kid. Fuck, I won't climb a tree next time. It's, I mean, you learn so much when you do stuff like that. So it, it's really important to, you know, get those differing opinions. And if you're living a life where you're only seeing the stuff that you want to see it, I could see how it would, you know, train back to mental health. You know, it's like, why am I... Why is everything always so routine? You know what I'm saying? Nothing, nothing is different for me. I'm seeing the same stuff. Um, so, I mean, I think getting yourself out there is the best thing to do. Yeah, you know, it, like just talking about it. And when you're tracking your dopamine movements and like your eye movements and they're tracking all of that, they're, it's complete control. And the only thing that you get, the only thing that you need to see is not available to you because you're not leaving the comfort of your own home where you go to work in the metaverse and you know work for bitcoin and fucking dogecoin or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> do you think that you could what i've been thinking about lately once we're deep into let's say you know 20 years from now and vr is actually super widely adopted and we're all tapping into this metaverse what do you think drug consumption is going to look like like are people still going to be able to take drugs or is that something that you're going to have to do always without the vr tech and you're going to have to go to the plug down the street and risk yes. your life to get some <laughs> some you know artifacts <laughs> or do you think there might be drug experiences in the metaverse that will somehow be possible oh That's my so god that is insanely interesting i mean what are we talking like like that like when you go into like in Grand Theft Auto 5 and you go into Michael's son's room and take a rip of his bong like and you're like tripping sack or, <laughs> or like is it like soup? do you start like feeling it like can they like change soup the way you sort of way to I don't know I feel like I feel like drug the drug world is evolving just as fast as the any you know any other sphere so that Tell somebody 10 years ago you could get a fucking eighth delivered straight to your door, they would lose their mind. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. they punch you in the face. Yeah. No, like, what the yeah. hell? they say, get out. I have about 10 different friends that are in prison right now it, for delivering exactly. an eighth down the street. The and you're telling me we're going to get that delivered to us through an app? We people, people, <laughs> people were getting killed. <laughs> killed, still are, but incarcerated and shit over small sack of weed and right. now with a fake ID I could go buy an ounce so like I think I think in the metaverse there's definitely gonna be some shifty ass drug dealers that are gonna figure out how to get people high like, that'd be interesting I mean like if it gets so far like I don't know but if it gets so far as it like as to like affecting your biological makeup like somehow 
the suit interacts with your blood and you can illegally buy some sort of substance you know straight to straight to your to your virtual reality which eventually is going to feel so real that you will be high like yeah. you will be tripping because it's so like realistic like haptic gloves with the simulation of tripping acid noise canceling headphones on and, and some ocular shit yeah, they're just showing you some fractal patterns you might, like, you, that you would you probably would, think you're tripping. You would probably be high, like, <coughs> low-key. Yeah, on, honestly, I think, especially with, like, Neuralink and the stuff that Elon Musk is creating, I think that's when I would would guess that you'd be able to kind of get high. Because then if your brain is already kind of uploaded, exactly. you know, to the internet and yeah. connected to something... That's far greater than what the human brain is capable of. And then you tap in through that neural link to go into the metaverse. I feel like maybe, but even then, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm yeah, I mean, like, guessing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, guessing at what could happen. But at the end of the day, I, yeah, I like we were talking like drugs being super real, like the only real part that you could have if you if your life was moved into the metaverse. Like, I mean... I'm sex. not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Okay, what's sex yeah, gonna be like in the sex. metaverse? Sex. Yeah, no, that's that's the that's, that's the one I'm, I'm thinking about. That. Yeah, people are already sex doing robots. that. Dude, they are there's using VR robots. for for like Pornhub's got VR videos and VR. Yeah, there's VR porn. There's sex robots. Sex robots. Yeah, there's the actual. That sex. look very real. It looks super real. I'm sure they feel and crazy. Yeah, they bet. I bet they feel insane. Vibrating shit. Yeah. <laughs> Science. I mean, the lab. No, but some of these, even some of these pocket pussies nowadays, bro. They're they're intense. They're weird. They're crazy. They're yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that you'll be able to just kind of tap in? You you meet some baddie at the club in the metaverse and you just go and you just like yeah. throw on some suit or something like yeah, that? Yeah, fuck it. Your suit's already got like a little dick hole. <laughs> like it, it extends as long as your dick goes. Like, I don't know. And then, and then it like has like its own. Personalized. Yeah, it's personalized for, for yeah. It's for, different. yeah. <laughs> and then it like takes each person's like kind of like makeup and it just kind of like, you know, bends it and twists it. And, Still not you know, even though. Still not human, but it feels real. So I mean, that's the part that's gonna be weird. And I mean, people are gonna be talking about, oh, I fucking lost my virginity, but you lost it in the metaverse. <laughs> and so it's like I'd love if they had like a, a Mori in the metaverse. You know, like you are not the father. <laughs> like in the thing and then it's just like that. Yeah, going around. You got a whole virtual. second family <laughs> yeah. in the metaverse. Like, yeah, exactly. Hold on, you got your real family in the real life, you're fucking your wife, you know, you're doing your thing, you got your kid. And then in the metaverse, you got this bitch that you can fuck with. And then you got them kids. And then you got them kids. It's like a whole thing, bro. Just, you're just living a whole double life. Living yeah. my wife, but I'm going to stay in the house. <laughs> yeah, it's wild to see what the future is going to look like. But, I mean, even now, things are constantly changing. Like, the fact that we all have iPhones. You know what I mean? An iPhone is really insane the camera quality on there it's all it's almost as good as an actual camera that you would buy in a store we're all photographers we'll have instant access to the world's information it's like that's all in our pocket you know what i mean and that's the world we live in now so not even going 20 years in the future looking at metaverse sometimes just living as a human and opening up a fridge it's like what the fuck's a fridge Especially like these these journalism classes, you you learn about like the history of journalism, which is just evolving as fast as anything else because 
it, obviously, you know, it has to keep up, but like, my brother's first phone was a, like a sidekick. He's fucking three years older than me. I had an iPhone 4S for my first Wait, phone. Wait, in what ways would you say journalism is evolving? Uh, I mean, like, pseudo journalism, you know, fake news, shit like that is just insane with the, the amount of, the, the amount of interconnectedness that technology is allowed. Most of the papers I've written have been about how to cope with um, anybody being able to say anything to everybody at any time with no censorship. You could, like, I mean, you could look up a sex tape of any celebrity, if it's real or if it's not, it's going to be there, synthesized or real, like... You know, yeah, there's the deep fakes, deep so they fakes can make and, it even and, look like it was that. And just like you were saying, surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are just going to recycle the same shit in an echo chamber is so much more amplified because, like, I tried to read Fox News, even though I'm a fucking journalism student at the UW, super, like, liberal surroundings and context, and reading Fox News, it just blows my mind. And then you go back and you read CNN and you realize how fucked that is too. What would you say the differences are in narratives? Looking at it through the lens that of someone that's being taught how to do proper journalism. As in like, what do you mean different? Like in what lenses? Like political spheres? No, because you're saying like you look at Fox News and you're like, what the fuck are they saying? You look at CNN and you're like, Wait, what are they saying? Because, right. you know, you're learning about journalism and and. Yeah, I'm sure you're equipped with tools now to view it in a certain way. So how would you kind of categorize Fox versus CNN? They're so similar. I mean, I don't, I, it, it's hard to say because it's going to piss somebody off, you know, listening. It doesn't matter. But I'd say, like, so much of what I've learned so far in a year and a half has just been sorting through bullshit when you're reading the news. And how to, how to write without, um, you know giving this a, a tone, you know, or like a tint on the, on the article that somebody could take incorrectly. Just adjectives alone. Like, you can't, you can't call somebody a hero, period. Can't call him a hero. Can't call him a hero. It, Why? Like, well, there, I mean, for example, somebody, there was, um, I forget what it was, I think it was a group of firemen who went in and saved, like, a family, and uh, the, the journalists called them heroes, and then it created this whole new bat of fucking problems for them because people were like oh my god you're a hero and like they didn't want that press or whatever meanwhile you know you can't call somebody um you gotta be careful with like he's an addict you have to be specific you have to be like very very careful when you're describing other people especially because oftentimes when you're reporting it's after some sort of event right that has to do with them and they're probably emotionally invested and so it's really hard to get an interview and write something that they are going to, in a year from now, with distance from the event, still consent to having that in the public. And what another thing people don't re often realize is that articles are always being edited and changed and updated all the time. When you see, you read an article and it says published on this day, go to the bottom and it's going to say updated, like last week. Because some, you know, you often, you get shit wrong and you will get destroyed for that. Wait, so I'm just kind of still curious about the problems of calling firefighters who saved lives heroes. What, what did that open? So that was, that was just an example. That was an extreme example my teacher used to just be, um, to show how careful you have to be with adjectives. Because the firefighters didn't want to be considered 
heroes for whatever reason. They're like, we're just doing our job. Don't Literally. put us on a pedestal. Kind of, we're yeah. not a hero. We're people, and we just did what we were supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, that, that, there's, there's a whole bucket of reasons that I couldn't tell you why somebody might not want to be called a hero. And that's just an example of an adjective that seems totally harmless that actually does have seems, consequences. Seems positive, too. It's like, right. oh, yeah, they're heroes. So, but, like, instead of saying four hero firefighters or four brave firefighters, you would say four firefighters went in and saved a family from burning. And then you let the audience interpret that. It sounds like, though, what you're describing that's being taught in the class is almost like the opposite of what we see. And that everything is so clickbaity. And they're going to exactly say, like, true. five heroes save this. You know, it's like yes. I always see stuff, even if it's, like, Daily Mail on Snapchat. You know, it's always just these clickbaity titles and these adjectives that it sounds like your professors say not to use. They're all using. Be careful is what they're saying. And, again, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. I've taken maybe five comp classes. So it's, um, it's just, like, you've got to be careful with sensationalism. Sensationalizing... Your, your news just to get views and clickbait, you know? You gotta say, like what they're teaching us is like just very fundamentally, exactly what happened, totally unbiased, completely correct. You know, when I hear something that's like, oh, this was, this uh, journalism piece was unbiased or whatnot, I feel like you can never escape bias. There's no real, true objectivity. No so is it more so just limiting as much bias as possible? But even then, I feel like when you say you're limiting bias, you're still creating a narrative based on the events that happened. Totally. You know what I mean? So what do you, what do you think about that as someone that might be going down that path of creating you know, articles and stuff like that? I mean, you're going to have bias. That's totally unavoidable people have experiences and people have emotions tied to those experiences and you know connotations uh with groups and like that's inherent you know no matter how progressive or you know tolerant you are you're gonna have some um like you know subconscious bias that you may not even know about uh just because i'm a guy i might write about a, a woman differently because I'm, I'm not aware of the experiences of a woman, uh, you know, regardless of anything else. So you just have to be so aware that, you know, every single word can't be, taking, can't be taken differently, you know? It can't be taken the wrong way, which is really hard and impossible. But if you do it right, you'll look at, you know, click on those, those sensational articles. You know, somebody fucks somebody and there's a picture. A bunch of exclamation points. You read that, it's going to be like, you know, sweaty, slutty, star, did this. Uh, you know, oh my God, her kid posted on Snapchat. It's crazy. Colors, exclamation points. And then you look at a professional uh, news outlet, a more professional news outlet that's, you know, reporting on the, the crisis in Ukraine right now. They're not saying shit like that at all. They're saying the straight... This many troops. Yeah, they're not right here. calling the situation slutty. No, exactly. <laughs> they're saying there are this many troops right here. This guy said this, and this is what's happening because in a, in such an in such an important point in time, <clears throat> you can't fuck that up. You don't want a group of people misinformed about you know what is potentially the fucking third world war. World war. Yeah, you know when you're talking about people being misinformed 
I always, and the word that I think often gets thrown out is uh, censorship. And so what, do you, what are your guys' opinion on, on censorship? And is that good? Is that bad? I'm gonna, what do you think? My thoughts on censorship are, I mean, sure, some things don't need to be said, you know. But, I mean, you can't tell someone they can't say it. So it's, it's tough to do it when you need to. So, I mean, a lot of times you'll hear about, like, governments that ask people not to or ask, like, press not to release a story until they've gotten the full story. Because sometimes press will try to release stories as it's coming out. So when it comes out, it's like, sure, it sounds, it sounds terrible, but then maybe in a week and a half it's better. So, I mean, censorship, censorship is like... It's hard, to, it's hard to know what to censor when you're, when you're doing it until after you've already done it and it pisses somebody off. So, um, my thoughts... I mean, like, the thing about, like... If you think about, like, books... Like, because I'm not, I'm not journalism or comm or anything. I'm, I'm English. Um, when you're reading a book, you can... I mean, obviously, we've... I mean, you, if you've read To Kill a Mockingbird... A white woman writes the n-word sure it was the 60s but she still wrote it and we still read it in the classroom because i know i read it when i was in high school and i mean sure people want it to be censored but at the time she wrote it she wasn't saying she wasn't saying it toward directed towards anybody it was a character in the book saying it to another character it adds emphasis it adds this it adds this there's so many different things that go into saying a word like that that should be censored but it adds so much depth to the book. It adds so much depth to the character. There's, there's a lot more things that you can look at when, when there's words that should be censored in a book. And then that's the thing about books. Like you don't hear people trying to censor books as much as they're trying to censor articles or like this and that. Or there's a, like you, can, you can write a book, and if a publisher says it's good enough to get published, it's getting published and people are going to read it. So, I mean, you could write a story. Like, I mean, have you read... Um, it's about animal something. Um, it's about animal, animal farm. Animal farm, yeah, animal farm. So much government, like it's it's literally just um, satire. It's all satire. It's talking about pigs and this and that, and like it. It's so depth, but it's so deep. But it's a children's story, and I mean, you can write so many things like that that maybe a government or someone might not want you to see, but. If you just change it a little bit and tell someone it means that, you can see the meaning in anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's hard to come up with anything to censor when, when you don't know if it's going to be something you need to censor yet. Interesting. What do you think, Will? Um, I mean, as far as what I know goes, you got to be really um, careful not to scare people. Fear is a huge tactic, and um, you can definitely control people with fear. Yeah, I mean Hitler did. That was his whole campaign. Yeah. Um, Trump did that a lot. a lot. I mean, so many leaders just harness people's uh, worries and their fears. So I'd say, like, as far as censorship goes, anything that's going to induce or encourage hate or you know panic unnecessarily should be censored. 
However, I also do totally believe in, you know, the freedom of speech and how that's such a huge part of a democracy is being able to say what you believe to, you know, any, any, any willing uh, listeners. It's important. Yeah. I, I just think that whatever people are trying to express, you know, I've heard the argument that the barrier to entry to get your voice out there is so low so that empowers anybody to spread a message and that could lead to misinformation and whatnot. And although I understand that argument, I get it. At the same time, it's like, that's who gives a shit? That's the whole point of having a dialogue and everyone contributing to this understanding of a particular topic and you're just hashing it out. It's like, okay, let's hear what this fucking idiot has to say. Let's hear what this person has to say. And I just think it, and when you try to remove that and just say, no, this is how we think uh, you're either with us or against us. I just think that leads to not a good time in history that I'd want to live in. I want to be able to kind of say anything and I want anyone to be able to, to say something, no matter how ridiculous, just because they can. They're human. Right. Why not hear their voice, hear what they got to say, because whether it be really good or really bad, there's probably something to extract and learn from. I think that's true. But I think that there is a line that you can say that objectively is wrong. Like forums, Facebook forums that were around before... Um, you know, that are still around that organize hate groups. Ku Klux Klan still meets. There's some form of communication, you know, that is promoting racism, sexism, just hate in general um, that I think should be censored. Uh, not that we don't have anything to learn from it, but there's, I mean, if we were, if we were to have a mainstream white supremacist news outlet I don't think that would be good for the country. I don't think that'd be good for society. I think that there's a line, and I think that under that line is fear and hate, um, where you can draw censorship. But other than that, regardless of how you feel, if it's, I think you know, objectively, you can be like, that's wrong. You you can't you can't say that shit. I think I think trying to be a neutral person in this world is. Impossible. I, 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 I don't think someone, someone censoring something, it, it would have to be the most, you would have to be extremely neutral on the, on the topic and that's just impossible because you have to have read the topic and you would have to know why you're censoring it and then, and then you will have your own opinions. Like you, the mind creates its own opinions. So when you have the opinion, you're censoring it, you're, you're obstructing someone's you're obstructing someone's someone's thoughts someone's i mean at the end of the day even if it's hate even if it's anything like that you can't but what if you point at the law yeah like, i mean this you this is why that you, this is why you can't do that it's in the law like it's in the constitution i mean yeah so i mean it, it it's coming straight out of the constitution sure you can't write government propaganda or like some speech. shit like that hate speech this and that but when we start talking about hate speech, who is able to define what hate means? Because I feel like depending on the topic that you're speaking on, the definition of hate 
has its own personal threshold. Yeah. So it's like who gets to be able to determine what is hate speech? Because once you start to, I feel like, institute laws about that, it's somehow encroaching on people's ability to express. And don't get me wrong, I'm not here advocating that people should be saying bad things about other people. <laughs> yeah, facts. But, you know, it's just the fact that people are able to utter these vibrations that we've assigned meaning to and people don't like that meaning. You know, it's like, I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, it I mean, should, no, exactly. should be happening. Why is why isn't Karl Marx hate speech? Why is that not censored? I mean, like it's literally saying black people are less than white people. I mean, that was Darwinism, but like at the end of the day, we still learn about it, and it's not hate speech. But there's there's like there's so many there's so many things that you say we can't learn that people say we can't learn from. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying I could learn much from going to a Ku Klux Klan meeting and talking to the Grand Wizard, but I'm, just, <laughs> I'm I'm saying like I'm saying I don't think I could I don't think I could get very much out of a white supremacist news news outlet either. So I mean that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, Joe's not a white supremacist. <laughs> I am not a white supremacist. I'm just saying it's like it's at the end of the day if. If other people are putting that out there, then it's easier for people to, you know, add to those numbers and create more problems for the world. So censorship, sure, it's good, but there's reasons why it doesn't need to be censored. There's some of the things that are censored shouldn't be. I mean, it's it's hard to tell what can be or can't be, but being a neutral person is again impossible about it because you've already created opinion about it. So if you're saying, oh, that's objectively bad yeah it is but to someone else no it's not so when you're talking to somebody and and they're like no like you ask about a particular issue going on in the world or something something you just read that day and you ask for their opinion they're like you know what man i don't really have an opinion i'm kind of neutral are you kind of saying like that that's not real like no one truly is neutral the world is so bipartisan yeah there's no fucking way you don't actually have some sort of implicit opinion yeah. So what do you what do you think about that when people give that as an answer? You think that's just kind of like a cop out? I try not to talk sure. about. It? No, you can't you can't say you're neutral about any topic in the world. I mean, regardless of what you've read, one article, it's not going to give the full scope of the problem unless you're right there in the front of it, right there experiencing it. You know what I'm saying? It's like someone's going to write an article, someone's going to disagree with an article, someone's going to. Someone's gonna write a different one. Someone's gonna disagree with that one. It's 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 an endless scope of things. And saying you're saying you're neutral about it is impossible. You could have read every single article in the world about it, been there, and experienced it, and you'll still have some sort of expression that someone else won't agree with. So if somebody looks at an event in history and they're just like, okay, I see this side i see the other side i don't know what to think about it i'm kind of in the middle i don't know you're going to say i refuse to take that as an answer there's no no way in hell you're in the middle you can't just shrug your shoulders you're either on this side or on that side or get the fuck fuck out (laughs) no i think it's no No, i think it's i think it's i think there's a difference between giving a shit and having an opinion. Facts. You know what I mean? The difference between like, giving a shit and having an opinion. Right. You could tell me something about 
some squabble that two middle school boys had on a fucking basketball court. I got a funny ass video. There's. <laughs> There's definitely gonna be like if, if if I if I get the whole story, and it was my kid or my brother, I would have the same. I would have an opinion, but I would care more. If you were you'd have a clear side to take. You'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, I don't care enough to look into this to form an opinion, but I think regardless, like, hey, that kid punched that kid in the face. I don't give a shit. Whose side are you on? I I don't I don't have a dog in this fight. But that kid did just punch that kid in the face. Yeah. Like, oh, so you're on that side? Like I would be. Well, I, if I, I cared, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I think there's a difference, like, either way, you might, like, you might think you, I mean, people would say they don't have an opinion, they might just not know enough about it, or care enough about it to form an opinion. I think there's a difference there. But you think, what, going with the scenario that someone knows both sides, they've read both accounts, they get it, and they're just like, you know what, I'm just, I'm in the middle on this one. Like, let's say someone who read the OJ case, and they went through everything, <laughs> and like, did, did OJ do it, or did OJ not do it? You know, they look at both sides, and they're just like, you know what, man, I don't know. I'm just going to put my hands up. You're saying, that's no, impossible. I'm saying, like, when I say, like, you have to have a bias, there's some sort of feeling. That's, that's being a human, is hearing something and having a feeling about it because of your experience. So it's like... I may not have an opinion about whether he did it or not, <laughs> but I have a feeling about the fact that, you know, they got fucking stabbed. Like, I have an opinion about that. You're like, I don't know, but I'm going to lean on the side he did. But, like, yeah, that gives, me, <laughs> that gives me some sort of sensation. Like, if I was a fucking dog, I would be like, yeah, that I don't have an opinion, but you're a human being. That's what that is. It's kind of like is. the need to, like, check off a box in our head. Yeah. There's like, oh, checked off. Like, right. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to go with that he did it because then oh. it's going to solve it in my head and I don't have to think about it anymore. It was so interesting. I went to jury duty and I won't even... How I was had... that experience? Like, I've never been called for jury duty. <laughs> that sounds hella fun. No, I'll tell you, I had me at night the night before. I'll just say that. <laughs> Woke up to my friend like, yo, your mom's outside, bro, talking about jury duty or something. And I was like, fuck. Fucking run into the courthouse. So hungover. Get called up. So basically what they do is you, there's the round of, um, I don't know, it's just a fucking, or what do you call it? A lottery, right? Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. pick they pick a big number of people. And then they do a lottery again. You get called up. Then you're in a big room waiting. And then they do a lottery again, calling in the potential jury. And then you go into the courtroom. And you meet the, uh, I met the prosecutor, persecutor, and fucking defendant and all that fun stuff and they like gave me like a full story and everything and then they started picking people out because there was like a certain random number again lottery who were like actually in the benches and so they would be like all right does anybody have any experience with sexual assault and there would be people who raise their hand and they'd be like do you think that your experience will affect your opinion in this case and i'll be like yep all right i want them thrown out like the lawyer would be like i want them gone i want that person and that person gone and they went through that until they had a full jury and i didn't get called up but it was just so interesting to see that, like, even in the in the court system, it's it's so it's so subjective. You know what I mean? It's like, do you do you think you have an, you think you have a bias, and like then that's not just. And I mean, either way, people have bias, but it's just uh, it was just weird to see like people explain that like I yeah I, I literally can't. And then I'm I'm sitting there with. With no personal experience, I, I mean, I have friends who've been through some some shit, but 
um, just watching this dude walk in in a suit with net, neck and face tattoos, like uh, glasses, like fucking iced out, crazy looking guy. Um, I was just like looking at him and the, they, then they read out the charges, which was also interesting because as soon there's like a, some, I'm sure there's studies on this. As soon as somebody's been accused of something, you automatically think they're guilty until proven not, not which is yeah. not the way it should be. It's the other way in the constitution, but, um, I don't even want, I don't even want to hear these dudes charges. Oh dude, it was I'm fucking, not... <laughs> it was like sexual misconduct, yeah, yeah, like battery, like... <laughs> assault. I was just like looking at him like, oh, he definitely fucking did it. Yeah. He definitely did it. He's OJ in that case. Yeah. But, the, I mean, who am I to say that, dude? I have tattoos. You just can't see him. Like, he could be totally innocent, like the wrong guy. Like, just just straight up the wrong guy. It's it's wild. I think there's bias no matter what. Just, just looking at somebody. Wait, so just going back, because there's bias in the human experience, we're always going to kind of lean one way. Is that kind of what you're saying? That no matter what, people are going to have to pick a side. There can't be someone in the middle. I mean, I think, I think, I don't think you have to, but I think if you did, everybody could. Everyone would ultimately be on this side or that side. Yeah. If uh, they really looked within themselves. Yeah. If like if especially if they had a, like some sort of dog in the fight, you know, if so, if somebody actually cares, of course. That's what that's. I think that's the difference between giving a shit and having an opinion. Yeah. If you have some skin in the game, you're right. gonna. Clearly pick a side and which team you want to win. But if you're just kind of a spectator and you don't really watch basketball, but you're like, uh, oh, shit, LeBron's there. Dude, yeah, let's make LeBron win. Same shit. I never sports I never sports betted. Put $20 down. It went up and down for a while for a couple months, and then I quit. But I didn't give a shit about basketball. Yeah. I used to watch college football all the time, kind of stopped. And then as soon as I started putting money on it, I did my research. Like, I got to form some opinions. And then it, it was, you know, then I had an opinion. Like, fuck the Lakers. Yeah. You, fuck you, wait, Lakers. fuck the Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. Whoa. Why fuck the Lakers? <laughs> hey, bro. I, I only form my opinions because I would always fucking lose money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, one, you lose money on the Lakers. And also, two, I mean, I'm just not a big fan of, like, you know, super teams like the Lakers, bro. The Lakers set them to, set themselves up, you know. What do you think about LeBron? I mean, I fuck with LeBron. Don't get me wrong. I was about to say, it, when you look at the specimen of what is LeBron James, and you just take all his measurements and how high he can jump, and six foot nine, two hundred fifty pounds, solid muscle, thirty seven years old. He's been doing this from the moment he's been born. It's yeah. like, how could you hate someone who is so great? No, yeah. No, how I, could you hate someone? I hate who's us because they hate us. Yeah, I know. Actually, I have no, I have no problem with LeBron. LeBron is a. What, what do you think? What do you think people hate about LeBron? I think they hate that he's a winner. I think they hate that oh, he's yeah. he's better than most people, and he's. I mean, he's a humble guy too. I mean, he's also he's a. Little, he's created a school. Yeah, you know, no. he's been married to the same, same wife. Same no, wife since no issues. Schools, kids, no scandals. Yeah. No, yeah, great thing. father. Great father. Coach. Yeah. Coach. That, that he's, that Godfather. He's, exactly. He does everything. He's a great guy. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm. I still think he's a little weird. Like, come on. He's a little weird. Interesting. I mean, How is he weird? Y'all ever seen that video of Taco Tuesday? What's I mean, wrong with that? He's having fun. I mean, I fuck with it. Like, yeah, sure, you're having fun, but like, 
Dude's dudes had no problems with his wife for like what twenty years. He's like, this man's had no problems, but the this one problem I do bullshit. have with him is Taco no, 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 Tuesday. Not even that. Not even that. Not even that. Not even that. That's not my reason why I fucked the Lakers, though. It's not my, LeBron is not my reason why I fucked the Lakers. But LeBron, I mean, he's just lived his life like a specimen of nature. He's crazy. He's he's huge. gifted. He's gifted and he's you know, I mean he gets injured every once in a while, but he's never been like torn ACL. Like we never hear we've never heard heard a story about LeBron like we heard about D or D Rose or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like it's 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 completely different. And this man has been living like a crazy lifestyle and we've never had a scandal on this guy. How does he do it? Like I want I He's I, just a great person. That's great, why. He's just a normal person. He doesn't <laughs> No, not even normal. He's an not extraordinary person. Extraordinary he's extraordinary person. But as High far virtue. as like no scandals, he's like a good like a Yeah. Like a, per, like a person. Objectively, he's a great dude and he's a winner and he's strong and he's huge. It's just like but people hate him. People hate him. Like you know, it makes me think of like Tom Brady. You Facts, know, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Tom Brady, bro. Why? Why fuck Tom Brady? Because I grew up a Broncos fan, bro. I, I mean, but in terms anybody of, who was a fan of another team or that he just shit on all the time. No, I get that. But when you just look at him as a person, look at his accolades, watch his performance, his longevity within his career, and just the incremental growth that he's had each time. You know, a year would pass on the league. It's like it's pretty incredible. It's the bias. No, it's objective. It's, Insane. He's the greatest to ever do it. Okay, that's all. That's all I want to hear. And you I know, fucking hate it. One hundred forty-fourth. One forty-fourth. I hate him though, because there's that bias, man. All, all the only thing I associate with Tom Brady is fucking losing. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude. I like and just walking around school. Everybody at school hated Tom Brady. There's that one fucking kid with the Tom Brady jersey. Everybody's just shitting on him. Oh yeah, because you're also from Denver, right? Yeah, I know. I was yeah from Denver. Last fucking, I used to be a huge fan. Went to the parade when we won a few years back, and then once Peyton was gone, I I just stopped. I just I just couldn't. Peyton could sell some tickets. Oh my god, dude, I miss that dude. Yeah, huge fucking forehead. So good. <laughs> I mean, he's still staying busy. He's still relevant and yeah, he's got, like, commentating. He's got and stuff. some awful. Commercials uh, still. <laughs> uh, he was on. Uh, I he was on that Rob Lowe roast. He was. Oh, yeah, he did, I saw, he did I saw roast Rob Lowe. That shit was funny. You know, but I, it, it just bothers me Man, when I see family. people who are winning at the highest caliber, and people just hate them. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like a person who also kind of gets that flack, which I, I can understand the arguments that's being made, but at the same time, when you just look at numbers, when you look at the impact that they oh, have, I, um, I would say, you know who I'm going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who do you think I'm going to say? Drake, bro. Drake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did know, definitely. Uh, for sure. Wouldn't you say, like, people fucking hate Drake? I, yeah. They no. hate him. He's a... He just makes great songs, but I hate him. Degrassi, bro. Degrassi, bro. Dude's weird. Dude's weird. Yeah, I would say... No weird scandal. I mean, he's got some weird scandals. He's got a weird scandal with like a 17-year-old, but that's like... On the concert? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and he goes up, and so there's a girl up on a concert, and he's giving a performance, and she comes up on stage, and she's kind of just standing there, and he's looking at her, and it's like, yo, you're really beautiful, and the crowd goes wild, and he's like, how old are you? And she goes into the microphone, and she's like, I'm 17. Everyone's like, oh. 
But then, even though he still goes in and kisses her. Yeah. After, <laughs> after, after letting everybody in the fucking everyone place there. know. Everyone there knew, yeah. and then he still goes in and kisses her. Uh, well, he fucked yeah. up. So do you think uh, Drake is a pedophile? No. I, no. No, there's been people who actually say... I think legitimate. I've had a conversation <laughs> with somebody for a long time. We were hashing it out maybe 30, 40 minutes <laughs> going back kids. and forth saying, do you think Drake is a pedophile? Oh, my God. Do you, what do you think? I, okay, I will say it's kind of weird that he kissed a 17-year-old on stage. But I'm also not going not gonna to go out there and say he's a pedophile because, I mean, we classify pedophiles as, you know, like but people that go. part of the reason why is because they said that he was talking to, like, Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah. From. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Stranger Things. From Stranger no, yeah. Things. He was, like, texting her saying, like, yeah. I miss you so and stuff like that. Weird. So that's weird. That's weird. So what do, you, what do you think is weird about it? I think it's weird that he's doing that in the first place, but I also think it's weird that. I mean, nobody's tried to censor that from him because, like, he's a huge artist. You would think he's publicist or somebody would be like, "Yo, man!" You can't but if you th- if, so, if you're censoring that, and that means that they're they're already they're already looking at it through that weird dark lens. That yeah. why is Drake reaching out to this well, girl saying he misses that's her? What I'm saying, yeah, well, we don't have the dollar guy. Yeah, you gotta look at it. I mean, it's disgusting, but he's he's worth a lot of fucking money. That's how they're looking at it. Well, I mean, what about when you if you look at it through the perspective, you're like, wait, this is Millie Bobby Brown, someone who's incredibly famous, well known, uh, through Netflix show. Then you got Drizzy Drake, where you know he's somebody who just kind of is like. Um, He's like a bandwagon. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's a bandwagon. He's, he's yeah. repping the yeah, he's that, he's, Irish flag when Conor McGregor's going up. He's wearing Zion jerseys. He's going. He's getting a Sierra Canyon LeBron. I mean, yeah, Le, like no, Bronny Junior jersey. No, he's literally. He's he's that one kid. He's that one kid at high school that used to wear all the hype gear because he thought it was fucking sick. But everybody was like, "Dude, you look dumb, bro. None of that matches. It's not like a good outfit at all." But you just sure you're rich, cool man. But but like what I was saying was so. Because he's a bandwagon and does all these things, would you not look at the situation of him talking to Millie Bobby Brown as in like, oh, this is just kind of like an industry thing. Like he's being the uncle, like famous people talk to famous people. He's just kind of building that relationship or you're shaking your head. He says, nah, he's grooming her. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you think? You think Drizzy Drake is out here grooming a child because... For whatever reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Do Okay. What he said was weird, right? Am I tripping? Or did he did he not say anything weird? I don't really remember the full text messages that was said, but I do remember it was something along the lines of saying that he misses her. And, mm, like, yeah. could maybe wish he can give her a hug or something. Okay. <laughs> See, that's not something you say to your fucking... I mean, I guess you... I don't know. I guess you would say that like a good friend but like but what if he's just like the <sighs> uncle he's the industry uncle where yeah, it's like yo like, it's drizzy it's drizzy is he though though like i don't know because like oh, dude, i mean i mean he has a heated driveway in toronto <laughs> that's pretty cool that's pretty fucking that, that's pretty nice you probably get away with anything with that heated driveway in toronto <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 i mean he's got a like an indoor like basketball court in his house and he's had the warriors there i mean okay wait like 
if I, I feel like if it was that way, like a, a totally platonic thing, who the fuck would post that? Well, it's Whoever just got their hands on it. Was like, yo, this I know what's going on here. Like, Wait, so this is think... not normal. Cause I mean, shit, dude, Drake, Drake definitely is fucking DM'd with like Jaden Smith when he was a fucking kid. You know, that's yeah. not weird that's because not weird, like yeah, Jaden Smith was a rapper at one point. Uh, either, way, <laughs> either way, it's like I'm sure that those DM conversations have gone down with him and like celebrities alike all over all over Hollywood or whatever. But somebody was like, this one's special for some reason, and I'm going to post it. So that's that's why it's weird. So you think this kind of got leaked? Like I mean, like, who took t- a screenshot? And, like, why? If it's not weird, why would like why is it a thing? Yeah, I don't know how the text messages got out. So actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, if someone thought it was worth putting out there, exactly. they're like, yo, this is kind of weird. Drizzy's like... How even how old is she? I don't know how old she is. I don't know if she's young. I, mean, no I, idea. I think she's like eighteen now. But eighteen now. Time she was like sixteen. Definitely. 17, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's grooming, especially because like it's fucking Drake, dude. He could walk for five minutes in any direction at any given time, and he will have a dime. No, and you know that. You know the. Uh, you guys heard that story about Drake? He goes to a party, and someone's like, "Yo, who invited you?" Yeah. And he goes. Well, Do you know who I am? And then he's like all he's all like stumbled up, and the guy's like, "No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding." Yeah. Drake's like, "Yo." He took it pretty personal. Yeah, no, I I I go wherever the fuck I, I want to go. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. like saying, "I'm Drake." So it's like thinking about it from that scope. If someone like that was texting a 16 year old, "Hey, I miss you," that whom they're not related to. Even if they're famous, but they're famous. He's like, yo, I'm Drake. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I know. I'm Drake. I miss you. They're famous. (laughs) (laughs) I probably read a song about that shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like, it's it's weird to think about because he's doing it. He's doing his thing, and she's on a completely different side of Hollywood. Sure, he's making music. She's not making music. She's an actor. Yeah, they're not really in the same industry. Maybe if the maybe same agency, something like that. Maybe they know something. Couple mutual friends, but like at the end, he's watched probably the show. Yeah, he's seen the show. show. Obviously, liked the fucking show. Uh, Yeah, no, it's just it's just weird to think about because if a guy like that is is doing stuff and to that aspect it's like someone had to have thought it was weird and someone posted it so yeah may, maybe millie even thought it was weird herself nobody I even knows but that. yeah yeah you know it's kind of weird that tone in kind of out there in the media about people turning 18 you know it's kind of crazy That's how so creepy how dude. Soon, one day yeah, one like, day difference like who was that one girl who was um a rapper she was the Catch Me Outside girl. Oh, uh, bad, uh, bad, baby. bad baby. Bad baby. Yeah. Bad baby. Yeah, you know, it's like the moment she, everyone's like, yo, I want to, there's essentially people saying, hey, I want to see you naked, but not until there's a number difference. Immediately yeah. sexualized. One eight. Yeah. And then get, gets an OnlyFans and makes like a million dollars in a day. You know what I mean? She cr- makes some crazy record. Like in 24 hours and people feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, Completely sexualizing that person. It's so interesting. Who who came up with eighteen? Yeah. What? It's like yeah. I don't know. It's a weird world that people be having sex well before then, but all of a sudden it's a public thing now. You know. 
People lose sex. People lose their virginity before eighteen all the time. But then as soon as you're eighteen, it's like, you can fuck anybody now, and the court doesn't worry about it. Yeah, it's even kind of crazy looking back at like the Greek times and when people would have like mentors and their mentor in order for them to kind of like signify and going into like adulthood and having their real intelligence, they would have sex with them. Yeah, that's you know so, I mean? so crazy. There's all these people who are having it's a guy having sex with a younger boy. Yeah, no, you know what it's, I mean? it's 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 like. It's it's like it's like, fa- and sometimes it's fathers too. It's like, it's like people si- trying to say, oh, "I'm gonna pass on you. You're you're a, you're a man now." So I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna fuck you, and then you're a man. Oh, you know, it's a it's a whole thing. Like, Intense. it's weird. It's weird, and people did it. Like, I mean, up until. Like even past the Greek times, like it was like it was. I mean, it's happened right now with the Catholic Church. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like there's still so much evil, dirty stuff. But I don't know when this real sexualization of children started. I feel like with the advent of TikTok and everything that's on there, it's like when you go through an actual just you know scrolling session, you'll see underage girls out there. Just like shaking their ass, showing tits. It's like, what the fuck? Like, and people are commenting on that. And I'm sure these guys are reaching out. And I even saw this story that this girl, TikToker, like 15 years old, you know, she's young. And she had this fan that was able to get a hold of her, her phone number and like send her texts. And then she's reach- he's reaching out to her family. And then he ended up showing up to her house. And it was like, hey, I'm here, I'm here. And the dad shot him with a shotgun. Wow. So, you know what I mean? And so even that itself, then that gets that gets media attention. And then I guess now she has another stalker. You know what I mean? So it's almost kind of weird where even looking at it through the lens of school shootings. You know what I mean? And when it happens, then we get all this media coverage. It's almost like, hey, who else is going to compete with this? You know, like the stalker looks in, like, oh, well, no, I gotta be the stalker. So, I don't know. There's a bunch of weird stuff going on. No, I, I, I actually, I know this, genuinely know this girl. She's, I guess she's 18 now, but um, she had TikTok last year. She was um, 16 and then she was, so she just recently turned 18, but she was 16 at the time. She was on TikTok, she had probably like 7,000 followers. She told me there was like three dudes on that in her like Instagram and her TikTok DM and her TikTok DMs that were like legitimately sending her money, like literally because she had in her bio that she was eighteen because you know she wanted money from these people and I mean I get it but at the end of the day it's creepy that she was accepting money from these people and then I mean she wasn't like sending pictures of herself or anything they were legitimately sexualizing her just from the content she was making. And sending her money through that. It's like, it's insane to think about that, why that they would do that or how they would do that. But it's, it's actually happening. And people, are, people that are like 16 are like, fuck it, I'll be 18 on TikTok just to get some money from these people. So can't be right for their head. No, it And their can't, development yeah. and their relationship with men and exactly. other people. No, like, completely distorts your whole view of all that. Yeah, that was, no, that was a huge thing with her. She, well, she, she's kind of a rough past and she's had like she's been a part of some sexual assault and this kind of this kind of stuff and so she had she has already had a prop 
pretty rotten thought of men in her mind. So her figure, her figure of men has always been kind of like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'll just get what I can out of them, you know, use them. And, um, I mean, not to say that's like a, that's like a, exactly what her thoughts are. Cause I mean, I hang out with her as a friend all the time and she's a really good friend of mine. It's just, she, she's a little more closed off. So it's easier for her to, you know, project herself differently on social media just so she can get something out of people, you know? And it's, it's crazy to see that people will actually do that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, there's like 45 year old men living across the country Spending thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars on girls that they only know through videos that they post online. So, like, what do you think about, like, OnlyFans and sex work and people kind of owning that? What are your kind of, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Do what you want to do. Give a shit. You know what I'm saying? If you, uh, if you think, if you, you know, if you're comfortable with your body, you're proud of your body, and you want to share that, do your thing. I don't think, uh... Honestly, I don't think it's anybody bus- anybody's business. I mean, fucking be a porn star and a teacher at the same time. That might, well, that might cause some conflict conflict of interest. But might have been some yeah, scenes shot a, in the classroom. A poor, <laughs> a poor example. <laughs> um, no, dude, I mean, uh, as far as age goes, I don't even know. Like, I, yeah. Is somebody should be old enough and experienced enough to make a decision uh, of that caliber, like like a tat, like not like a like a tattoo, some some you know something big, like sharing yourself and uh, you know unfortunately oftentimes it's you know there's like a lot of pressure and, and shit like that and when that when that comes into play that's not cool but if if you're uh, you know if you're well informed you're you're proud of yourself and you want to do that like. I don't think it's anybody's business to tell anybody not to. Yeah. I would say the only issue that I take with it is the level of influence that it has on younger women. You know what I mean? Like girls like in high school or even middle school because they're on TikTok, because yeah. of on the social media. Definitely. They see these people who are jumping around, you know what I mean, showing a lot of skin, being like, hey, look at I'm look at all this money these guys are sending me. I'm completely in control. And then a girl who's 13 years old is like, whoa, like I don't need to do anything. Like this is going to be my career path. And then that sexualization of the youth I think it just starts to get younger and younger. And what scares me most about it is, because I do believe people should have that liberty and the freedom to do as they please. You know, you want to have that life, live that life. I think even prostitution should be legalized because I think it would create more safe environment for these people that are out there doing that work. Anyway, yeah. But in terms of just OnlyFans, I just think it's really... It's not good for the youth. What about the young you know men? I mean? Well, poor yeah. men. Like, see, you know. What about the young men seeing OnlyFans? Like, I mean, like, you know, like a 13-year-old kid. It's not that hard to forge an OnlyFans account. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you, you got some rich parents. They give you a credit card to use every once in a while. Fuck it, man. You, you, you sign on to OnlyFans. You're 13. You say, you're, you say your birthday was... You know, five years before. You just keep scrolling a little bit more, like, boom. Exactly. And then uh, you're 18, and okay, so now you can just sign up and watch OnlyFans, watch people 
show off their bodies and sexualize. So you're you are already sexualizing women, objectifying yeah. them and sending them money and saying, "Hey, if I give you money, you're gonna do this. You're gonna do that." It's not yeah. good. Porn it's not good. good. Porn is bad for for people in general. Exactly. That's why it's eighteen. Porn it's, is not good. It, it's supposed to be eighteen and over, but I've been using Pornhub since I was <laughs> fucking fifteen, man. It's like. It's it rots your brain. It does, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it really it comp- puts it puts not it puts ideas of sex that aren't real, you know, and concepts of sex that just don't actually work. Some things that just don't happen in real sex. You know what I'm saying? So I mean when people don't get that experience it's and they only get experience through porn, it it really fucks with people's youth. That's why eighteen should be the age, but at the end of the day it's not that hard to just Log into Pornhub on your phone. Yeah, and it's like, why, why 18? Because our brain's still developing well until we're, you know, 26. And, you know, I've been even seen some things, maybe even upwards till we're 30. So it's like, if our brain is still developing, when should we really be informed enough to really know how to navigate life? Because now life's pretty tricky. You know, we don't know a lot of stuff. Life is tricky life as is fuck. tricky. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I definitely get all that stuff, but it just scares me for how people are going to be in the future. You know, I, I want more love, more respect, more understanding, more cohesion between, you know, sexes. And even even um, different sexes haven't even been working for that long, you know. It's been pretty recent since we've been sharing the same place, so... In order for that to be the best and for everyone to feel super comfortable and respected, it's hard to see these outlets out there distorting these views because then it it gets bleeded into these other interactions. And it's like, I just want people to feel good, feel okay, you know? Yeah, everyone should feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Porn is weird, man. Porn, porn, Porn really can fuck up. Like uh, a young man, turn him into a piece of shit, just from those those weird standards, and uh, make yeah, make women feel like objects. Yeah, and there's some weird stuff people are watching. There's some weird shit out there, and it's almost like what scares me about how readily accessible porn is is that it almost becomes kind of like a drug in the sense that. You need more for that next hit. Yeah, that's you know stimulation. I mean? You know, you need a little bit more. You're like, okay, I, I smoked one joint. And you're like, that was really cool. And the next weekend, you try two. And then, you know, you're just doing a little bit more to keep that that's what awesome. you wanted long enough. So people start watching this stuff when they're really young. And then it can start getting really weird. And they're watching some pretty gnarly stuff because they're chasing that high. And they're like, dude. I have gotten to the point where I have eroded my brain so much where this is exact thing involving a horse and some fucking pigs and mud, onions. It's like, I mean, dude, that's, I think that's what's so interesting about uh, euphoria too, is if there's a fucking 14 year old person sitting in their room thinking that doing Percocet and having threesomes on a fucking Wednesday <laughs> night is, like, normal. That shit's crazy, bro. Like, people, like, I don't know. Like, you like this, it's just so weird with the with the new, like, interconnectedness. I mean, first of all, why the fuck do they set that 
show in high school. That's, Do you think I mean, it kind of totally like, sen- sen- uh, like it kind of glorifies and sensationalizes drug use? I think for I think for young people it does, but I think for somebody with experience uh, with mental health and addiction and shit, they're able to see the meaning it's, behind it. It's more it's more of a fucking it's more of an anti addiction. It's like. It's like the first time you watch uh, Full Metal Jacket when you were like younger, right? You're like, oh shit, that movie was crazy. War is crazy. And then you watch it like five years later and you're like, oh my god, like this is about how fucking terrible the military is and how awful war is. Mm, I've never seen it. It's it's crazy. It's a it's it's a wild wild uh, Kubrick movie, but shit like that, you know. I think watching Euphoria right now, like I I feel like if I watched it five years ago, I'd be like, damn, I really want to burn. But now yeah. I watch it, I'm like, fuck, maybe I should stop burning. Like, Really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, shows, it shows really, I mean, I don't know, like, anybody else's experiences, but I, it's, it shows pretty well just, like, the negative impacts of substance abuse mm. and the attraction of it, which is definitely, obviously, has to be included. Yeah, and what's funny, going back to the Drake conversation, is that <laughs> Drake's literally like the executive producer of that show. I think Creepy. He, I think he's the one like financing the project for the show to be possible. So here's Drake making a show, sexualizing teenagers, doing drugs, having parties. And he's like Zendaya, 16-year-old? Is she supposed to be 16 in the show? No, she's supposed to be, I think she's 17? supposed to be like close to 18. Like season two, I guess, is like like closing. Either way, I mean, he was like, "Yeah, I'll throw a million at that shit." Yeah, like they all they. It's always funny when I watch a show that's like based on high schoolers because none of them look like high school. They're all twenty (laughs) six. They're almost thirty. Radcliffe was like twenty eight playing Harry Potter. He was like nineteen in the last one. Whoa, he was like he was like a. I think he was like a decade older. Yeah, it's no, pretty he's crazy. a grown ass man, almost thirty years old, playing a child. Yeah. I'm, the same, I'm the same age playing high school sports, and saving the fucking world. Yeah, they film those. They film those movies like. Um, yeah. yeah, they film those movies um, over like almost two decades, if not two decades fully, and so obviously these kids are going to grow throughout it. But it was it was, it, he was they, short. yeah, luckily he was short as fuck. So it was like. <laughs> it yeah, it'd be weird Harry Potter being like six foot eight. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he's like, just as big as LeBron. You yeah, know, he's like, six ten. Like this is not right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, at the end of the day, we can I can go off on J.K. Rowling. She's got some issues of herself, but I'm just saying. Um, What's J.K. Rowling doing? Oh, dude, have you not heard, bro? She's transphobic and. She's racist. She's well, anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic, right? yeah. She, and she's a what little. What did she do? You know, you seen the goblins. You ever seen the Harry Potter? Yeah, the goblins. The they're the they run the bank, and they're ba- she legitimately said outright that they're based on Jewish people. She said not that in like an that, interview. Dude, yeah, they not are that they're like, they're like the epitome Nazi of a stereotypical yeah. cartoon propaganda. Like, like yeah. gross caricatures. Yeah, no, yeah. they got they all got top hats, weird little beards, braided hair. Like sometimes. I don't know about the braided hair. Yeah, right? maybe not the braided hair, but like they got long noses. They're short. Um, they got top hat. It's just it's just it's weird. They run a bank. They're That's hella stingy about money. They got so much. They had so many like elaborate schemes to get to your money and shit. It's it's, it's awful. And she identifies them on Twitter, and she also on Twitter she said this. Yeah, I remember first realizing that 
like yeah. the fourth time I watched the movies. Yeah, I read I the books when I was so young. Yeah, I read and the books I when I was that like, young, and I. I was like, "Am I racist?" Or no, is no, this fucking ridiculous. No, yeah, no. My mom, my, I was, ta- I asked my dad straight up after I went. I was rewatching it, so I was probably like, I think I was. This is the second time I was watching it, and I, um, I watched the fourth one. No, not the fourth one. The fifth one. Yeah, the fifth nice. one, and. I I see these goblins or the troll or goblins goblins um, yeah I got I think they're no they're goblins. trolls are they goblins? goblins goblins yeah they're goblins so green gods green gods goblins yeah so they um they come on and I look <laughs> at it and I'm like and now that I've se- heard these jokes about it's Jewish people different. it's I'm like okay that is abs- that is awful yeah you can't so it's, it's so literally blatant. just outright just what blatant. were the transphobic comments that she made uh, I remember hearing about it but I I didn't look she super was, into it it was it was like she was like just spouting hate speech on Twitter she was just kind of is she just like always on Twitter kind of saying stuff like do <laughs> yeah, I need to follow her like, do I need to stay updated <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know, I don't think she does I don't, she's not she's not saying like a lot of stuff every once in a while but it's like it's like J.K. Rowling just kind of <laughs> piping up some stuff. J.K. Rowling selling some extra books through hate. <laughs> yeah, no, she's got she's she's got her own weird stuff going on. But she said some stuff about like transphobic bathrooms and like, um, like and she also said some other stuff about like uh, I think tra- uh, trans people competing in sports and like other oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I, I, she might have said something about Bruce. I don't know, but it was, it was a whole thing. But it's it's foul, it, and I don't understand why people need to do that. But at the end of the day, it's like another celebrity spewing their opinion, just like fucking Drake is encouraging sec, uh, sexualization of teenagers. <laughs> it's, so Drake is kind of like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, the same person. <laughs> Come on, Drake. Six <laughs> God. Six God, bro. Hey, you got the heated driveway. You can do whatever you want. He's got a heated driveway. It's pretty incredible. In Toronto. Yeah, in Toronto. Fuck yeah. So cool if there's snow there, it gets melted away, and he's whipping out in his Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking douchebag. But honestly, it sucks that... Don't get me wrong. I'm not... Def- I do not know the comments that J.K. Rowling has spewed out there. And so I don't know what she's saying. I'm speaking to that. But it is kind of, it does suck that, you know, having such an incredible story arc in herself and, you know, raising kids and, and going into all these different publishing houses and saying, hey, like, would you look at this? And they're like, no, no. She was homeless? homeless. She wrote Harry Potter 1 in a cafe. Yeah, she was straight up homeless. Homeless Nobody would publish it. No one would publish it. She kept giving it to (laughs) publishers and they kept saying no. And then finally someone said yes. And she's fucking... She's now she's a billionaire. Riches for sure. And she wrote she wrote the next two in an apartment, um, a small one, and then after the second one came out, she was loaded, like so much money. Well, I mean, there's like even rides, like even in yeah, Disneyland, yeah, the, no, like yeah. about Harry Potter and yeah, stuff. All over the world, the universe, global. Studios, yeah, it's crazy. They're, she's she's a mean, movie. She, she made so much money off the movie production. It's all, every fucking cent. Yeah, I love she, Harry Potter. She com- she wrote a fantastic book, and book but she series. Sucks, she does suck as a person. I mean, but yeah. it's, it's also like separating the art from the artist. So you could say, 
you could say, oh, Drake's a Drake's a pedophile. But, yeah, <laughs> fuck, he makes good music. But Hotline Bling, though, man. Yeah, Hotline Bling. And the motto, yeah, it's yeah, like... Kanye West is a fucking horrible father. Dude, yeah, oh, he's like, How is he a horrible father? Dude, the shit he's putting his kid through with the with just, like, shitting on his, his daughter's mother. These are children. They're not on Instagram. They're not reading the comments. Oh, fuck, yeah, they are. Dude, no, they're not. They're tiny. His daughter, she's like famous. Well, he posts on his Instagram that she's on TikTok against his will. He's got to know about these things. You know what I mean? Dude, you got your There's little kid no on way. TikTok. You see the stuff that's on there? She shouldn't be seeing that stuff. I yeah. totally agree. I'm just I saying that there's no way that anything that Kanye's doing is good for her. Like in as far I mean, as he's publicity fight, goes, he's fighting for her. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. loves his he loves his family. I know, but do it and wants them together. Do it in private, like a grown person. You know, yeah, I, instead of this petty people. shit. Like I, yeah, like I'm dealing with shit. I'm I'm not fucking posting it just to get, just to get more money. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Separate the art from the artist. He's a goat. He's fucking one of the best sound engineers. One of the best rappers of all time. Arguably the greatest. But. He's insane. He's nuts. In what way would you say he's insane? He's bipolar. I mean, I yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to say. I mean, that like, doesn't make somebody insane. Yeah, I don't want to say. I'm not saying mean. insane and nuts, as in like his, his his mental illness. I'm saying that like he just is kind of lacking a. I mean, it's definitely part partly for publicity, but it's. Have like, you seen the Kanye doc? It's great. So, but have you seen it's it? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the first part. What do you What do you think about it? I think it's fucking amazing, and I think he knew, and I think he is exactly who he is, because he was saying the same shit when he was nobody, like the just same wait, stuff. Just wait, I am the greatest, and he he went and did it. And he's he was definitely right. I'm just saying, like, you can you can do that, and you can be as great as he is, and not say, you know, I mean, I know he is fighting. Like, I thought it was fucking hilarious when he's like uh, doing that thing for Katrina. And it cuts to him from Mike Myers. And he goes, George Bush doesn't care about black people. That was iconic. That was iconic. See, like, shit like that, he's, he's fighting for something, you know, that I could, like, I totally get behind. But it's like... But you think he's a terrible father. I don't think he's a terrible father. That was an, that was, that was an exaggeration. I just think it's totally unnecessary. And I think there's... I don't know. I don't know. There's just definitely a toll on his daughter. Because, I mean, when you look at what he was doing and some of his vision of uh, creating Yeezy Academy, he wanted to create this complete self-sustaining school where children would learn physics and all of these other major things to know to operate within the world. So it's like, here's this. And have you seen some of, like, Northwest's, his, one of his daughters, his, her art? beautiful it's insane she's really really good. it's it's actually incredible if she i mean i mean i it's it's kanye and and kim kardashian's like child it's gonna be yeah pretty intelligent yeah and they're around super creative people and kanye to be like hey this is because he was a designer first he went to art school mm. you know so i don't know i think the media always wants to paint paint yay to be this bad person but i think yay really besides the things besides him harassing kim online you know what i mean like yeah always publishing their private conversations and sending a truck full of roses to her other than that like that is weird that's not good to do i don't think people should be doing that but i think as a father he's doing pretty good he's doing a pretty great job 
inspiring yeah. them. No, I mean, like, I just, and like I said, I, I could never relate. Um, he's a absolute global, historic, mega, mega star. Yeah, look at that. The painting is beautiful. Her paintings are sick. Like, are you kidding me? I that's, could never paint that. She's it's seven, beautiful. She's seven years old. I would have that in my home, framed. Oh. Yeah. That's but amazing. Either way, I feel like, um, I don't know. I mean, he's he's so he's so in the spotlight all the time. But even before that shit, you mean like when he pulled up on stage, who did he interrupt? Uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. That kind of shit. He's like, I, I, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, exactly. That's but like, Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like he's pushing. Like he doesn't give a shit, and that's what I mean by I don't. I mean I don't want to say crazy because like actually that's not allowed anymore either. You can't say crazy. That's not. Are we going back Which to is the fair. Thing? Yeah. yeah, but you know like, why even say something's crazy? Because I feel like crazy is dismissive. The moment you say something's crazy, we're not going to listen bit, to it. It's a uh, little bit delusional. It's a, you know, and it's the same thing of like conspiracy theory. That that term itself was created by the CIA, and when you're able to turn something like, oh no no, that's a conspiracy theory. Puts in a whole another category. It completely dismisses it and says even let's say. Here's a whole story, and only 5% of the entire conspiracy theory has some truth to it. Even if it's just 5%, all of it gets thrown out because yeah. it's just rule a conspiracy theory. So they're not going to take anything of it seriously. Fair enough. Fair enough. Crazy, maybe not. Just outlandish. Poor behavior, rude. I love the guy. He's, a, he's amazing. I'm just saying he could be doing it differently and I think in a more caring, not caring, he definitely cares a lot, a more gentle, considerate way for his daughter than to put, like, dude, imagine if you went through a horrible divorce and the entire world knew about it. The entire fucking world. Think about how many celebrity divorces have happened where there aren't text messages that have been released or clips or dude literally harassing his ex-wife. Or no, soon to be ex. George Clooney's been divorced. Like George Clooney got divorced times, a, a yeah. bunch of times, and yeah. he just did it like a like a normal person. It's a band aid. Just threw it off. He's like, yeah, it's healed now. That's you all don't I, need to know about it. South that's all I'm saying. But that I mean, that is yay. That's that's Kanye for sure. Yeah, you know, even kind of going apart from yay and just looking at marriage in general. What, what's your guys' opinion on marriage? Mm, marriage. I have never been able to form a true opinion on marriage because i mean i've had friends well, I, hey remember even you you said there's no such yeah, thing as being neutral i'm not neutral i'm not neutral i'm coming out with my opinion on it i'm gonna come out with my opinion on it but i'm gonna come and give you the backstory okay, on why it's my know. opinion okay so my 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 parents they been together their entire life um, I mean, maybe not their entire life, but they dated for 11 years before they got married. Damn. And then they got married, and they've been married for 30 years now. Jeez. Yeah. That's um, insane. Yeah. So Some love. How'd they, they meet? Uh, they met at a bar, and my, dad, my dad's friend introduced them to, uh, to my mom. And Dang. she came in and actually said uh, a joke about... Um, like mentally disabled people, and my my uncle is severely mentally disabled and physically disabled. On your dad's side. On my dad's side, so it was, it was it was his brother. So he was like he was like, you can't be making those jokes. And everybody was like, everybody at the table knew about 
everybody knew about his it situation for, yeah, to avoid that topic. except for except for my mom oh and my, my mom made the God. joke and my dad goes and she's yeah, like, and like, she's like i'm so sorry and there was like a whole thing and then they started hanging out after that kids. yeah and then they dated. They moved to San Diego. They were both. How did that even get kind of tossed? He just kind of forgave her. And then yeah, I don't know. They just, I think I think she like bought him something or like gave him free pizza or something. Give him a noogie. Yeah, yeah, just fucking around, man. Uh, Why you dare get you a pizza? Let's play with some pinball. Yeah, they, 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 were, they were actually like they were living together in Seattle, both bartenders for like four or five years. Um, they're just they're just bartenders living together with their roommate and. They were just doing their thing while my dad was trying to finish college, and um, then uh, that was when I think that was when he like proposed to marry her. But that's like that. That's my whole thing Idea on marriage. marriage yeah, and stuff. like my, it's someone that you will stay together for the rest of your life. I mean, it's divorce has happened because I've seen him before, but at the end of the day, it's oh, wow. just because it's just because you got it. It's you like upwards find... to fifty percent now. In the exactly. Country. Yeah, you just it's a coin you can't toss. Rush into it, man. You got to. My whole thing is like you got to find the someone that's going to do it so you got to spend time with that person for as long as you can before you commit your life to him and um what do you think about living with somebody before marriage because i've seen studies where they say that couples who live together before are more likely to get divorced as opposed to if you were to just uh be dating separate and then move in together as you're married yeah Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have thought the opposite. Because um, it's not- kind of like you're already seeing these signs with them and you're not married. And it's kind of – it's like a multitude of different things. But it's one – it's like I've already kind of been here. I know what it would be like to be with you. And then once they take that next step, they're like, nah, this is a big regret. And then there's like a window open of wanting to maybe look elsewhere. You know what I mean? Of being with a different partner. I have, um, I have these two friends. Really good friends of mine from high school. They currently live together right now. They've been dating for upwards of four years, close to five. And they've been together since high school. And I don't think they can imagine each other without without each other. You know what I'm saying? They can't imagine themselves without each other. And it's gotten to that point. So they're like living together. And I can see, I can see where you're saying that. But I don't think either of them have even thought about marriage yet. Like, I mean, they, neither of them have even, I mean, sure, it's probably crossed their mind that, oh, I might marry this girl. I've been dating her for a long time and I live with her. But it's like, neither of them are like outwardly talking about it. Neither of them have like brought it up between themselves because I've asked my friend Devin about it. And he's been like, he's been like, we don't really talk about it. It's just kind of like we date and we're doing our thing. And I mean, at some point we might probably do it but it just like hasn't he's like we don't fucking care yeah we don't really care it's just kind of like doing our thing and i think relationships like that are like what you're going for someone that you can just be around you can spend hours of silence with this person and not be weird Mm -hmm. you know and just sharing a living space and it's like you don't always have to be interacting that's why that's why i think it's weird that um people that live together before they're married uh get divorced more often because i would think it's the opposite because if i live with someone and I was dating them, I would definitely feel more able to let myself free of that and have those doubts before marriage. Before marriage. Like, I would never, I don't think I would ever ask someone to marry me unless I was totally sure that I wanted to marry them. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of been that, that's just kind of in my whole aspect of marriage. So, I mean, I'll date around and I'll, 
hook up with girls, but at the end of the day, when I feel like I've found someone, I'm going to date her first and I'm going to make myself, make my mind believe that I've found someone, someone that makes me happy, someone that pushes me to do better. So how long would you kind of date somebody before moving in? I think my, before moving in. Like sharing a living space. I think a rule of thumb would be. It's a pretty big step, (laughs) you know? I I think my, I think my thought would be go on vacation with them first. Yeah. So maybe Vacation like, can be pretty stressful, you know? It's like exactly. you're moving this way. We're going to be here at this time. Yeah. Do this. Wake up in the morning. Yeah. It's a whole ex- it's yeah. an experience to have with someone that you can cherish and you can also think back on, like, okay, I was able to be with this person in this space for X amount of days. Um, it's a nice test. It's a test. It's yeah, like a, re- exactly. a relationship accelerator. Yeah. The moment you kind of go through the ring, you're like, wait. Did that go well or did that go bad? Uh, yeah, and then and what, what does that mean if it goes bad though? Like you went on vacation and it kind of was didn't go the best. Do you, is there still hope there? Or do you just like maybe the next time or you know what kind of sign does that give you? That's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, I, maybe it's just it was just bad chemistry on the on on the vacation or it's just like something. Just like a that. fluke. It's just it's like little, yeah. Let's try next time. It's hard. To, it's hard to think about it like that. So I mean, I've. The way I've thought about it is, is it's like, I don't think you would actually announce that you're going to move in with someone. You're going to go like, you know, you're going to start leaving a toothbrush. You're going to start leaving a toothbrush at their place. And it starts then, by crumbs and then yeah, eventually yeah, yeah. throw all I'm these a, crumbs. You're like, wait, how are we going to sandwich out these crumbs? Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some socks in your drawer so that I have some when I wake up or like a pair of underwear. You know, it's like. Start slowly. It's, it's like a slowly. virus coming in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to think about it because but it's it once you've started sleeping with this person and waking up with this person. Then there's the idea that I that maybe you're living with this person. So it's like it's 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 hard to tell, but I think it's just when you feel comfortable and also when your lease is up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what marriage and and relationships gonna be like. The more because you know we're still kind of living in this age of the pandemic. Things are open some places, some are not, and so we're just kind of in this state of limbo. So. Moving forward, you know, I think more people are using like these, you know, dating apps and finding people through there. So what do you think? Do you think that's going to kind of help people find others that are more compatible? Or do you think like what, what's your guys' opinion on on using those kind of platforms? Oh, man, I think I think if you look at it like numbers, then absolutely people would find probably somebody more compatible than they would without a phone. You know, people like, in this uh, Western I'm reading, uh, Lonesome Dove, it's like, not that not that long ago, you know, 100, 150 years ago, people would just pull up and be like, oh fuck, this is the, these are the 10 people in the town. I gotta get, I gotta make a baby with somebody. So now when you, you know, you interact, you see pictures with, of thousands of people you know, chances are you'll find somebody quicker than you would in person. But that being said, I think there is something to say about like, you know, whatever you believe in fate, destiny, you know, just like running into somebody on the street, you know, or meeting somebody in a class. Or like I met my current girlfriend at um, a game day and she was actually going up to hang out with Joe. And, uh, 
I was like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bro. Like, hell no, <laughs> Joe. She back was, up, bro. She came up to me at a party and was like, Yo, I heard uh, if I'm trying to smoke some weed, you're the guy to talk to. And I was, you know, dressed like a classic stoner on a game day. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, I also probably would have just guessed that anyway. So I was like, yeah, you, you want what do you want to smoke? I went up to Tiki and um, I was just hanging out there while we were listening to some music, smoking some weed. Will comes up and I, I don't know. I mean, I introduced him and I guess it was just kind of like went from there. We it, hit it off. They hard. hit it off pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like there's definitely something to be said for just like situational shit because like that happened with Anna and then we hit it off real tough. I remember going to the game afterwards and being like, there's, there's certainly a chance I won't like ever interact with that girl again. And then middle of the game, I just happened to be leaving and I get a call from a random number, which I never answer, but I pick it up and it's her and she's like, yo, is this, is this Will? And I was like, the fuck is this? She's like, Santa, uh, is there any chance like you're outside the stadium? I need to walk back. And I was like, yeah, I'm like right here. And so I walked her back and then, no, we've been together for months. So I think there's like something to be said for that. Certainly then just like setting up a date and meeting somebody for the first time, you know, set up. Yeah. Organized. What would you say makes people cheat? Um... My dad was, <laughs> Joe's over there is like, well, there's a lot of reasons why I cheat. He's like, reason number one, yeah. I was bored. Uh, reason number saying. two, why not? <laughs> no, my uh, my dad always taught me he was like, you know, you can you can break up with anybody anytime, and that's no thing. So at least pay him the respect to break up with them before you cheat on them. You know, so I've never cheated on anybody. I've certainly been like, yeah, this is just isn't working. And then, you know, there's the complications that come with that. But it's like, you know, you owe somebody the respect to say that before you go and do it. But. <laughs> she was already just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, I've never, I've never been in a full-blown relationship and cheated on a girl. I will say I have. You're like, we had a break. No, 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 no. Uh, well, we agreed we weren't going to do that, and I did, but we were on a break, though. No, I've never been in a full-blown relationship and cheated on someone. I've never been on a break and cheated on someone. But I will say, it's really easy to compartmentalize, like, multiple different girls at a time. You know what I'm saying? And I, it, girls are doing it to guys, too. It's just like... Yeah, it's going both You're not ways. necessarily dating this person, but I've hung, out with, I've hung out with this girl maybe, like, three or four times. Took her on a couple dates. You know, fucked her. And I've also, <laughs> I've also done that with two other girls this last week. You know what I'm saying? It's like... It's He's casual up. about it. He's having fun. Yeah, it's fucked. It's casual, well, not but it's anymore, like though, huh? not anymore. I mean, currently, I'm just seeing. This, I'm seeing this one girl, and it's been. He's like, "Sorry, baby, I, I love you so much." That <laughs> 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 wasn't this week. Yeah, that was a really, right, really yeah, long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, promise yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I gotta listen to this. One minute did he say this? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so no, I, I never like cheated on someone, and I mean. Her and I, we're, we're good now, but in the past, it's been like neither of us wanted to put a, It was super complicated. Neither of us wanted to put a label on it. Neither of us wanted to 
neither of us wanted to really have sex with anybody else. But wait, why didn't you want to put a label on it? I've, I don't know. I it's just always kind of been a thing because well, we met in summer living, so. Because then it just makes it more serious, it and like we don't want to be that serious. Thing, though, I think we, it's that serious, we, but it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that serious because we were, we met in summer living, and I was basically sleeping in her bed, almost all. Uh, like pretty it's much pretty intimate, other, you know. Every other day. Strangers don't sleep in the same yeah, bed. Pretty much every other day for um, all of summer, and it was just kind of like during that we were like, well, we can't say we're dating because you know. But if we've never we've never experienced a situation where we are living in different places and still doing the same thing, you know what I'm saying? So it's hmm. we've never we we were trying to avoid that, and then when we got out of it and we were in different places, we tried to like keep hanging out, and then neither of us could tell which what who was feeling what and where we were supposed to go with it. So we've still, I mean, still to this day, we're not. We're not technically boyfriend and girlfriend, but we are dating without the every single thing about your relationship other than the name is a relationship. Girlfriend. Yeah, no, we're we're in a relationship, but we're not. You know, we're dating, but we're not in a relationship. So if you were to leave this place right now and you met some girl at the store and instantly clicked and she was like, Yo, Joe, I really want to hang out with you. I feel like I feel something in my soul that I knew you in a past life. And she brings up your favorite book and says all these different things that no one would ever know unless you were to tell them about it. And she's like, hey, honestly, like, I'm about to go hang out with some friends. Like, here's their Instagrams. And, and you're like, and she's like, do you want to come, like, hang out with us? Here's the whole layout. Like, I just, there's something about you that I really want you there. And you were supposed to go hang out because you're saying she's not your girlfriend. You know, if it was your so girlfriend, close. you said it, you said it was, if it was your girlfriend, then obviously you're not doing that, but you're saying she's not, what are you going to do in that situation? In that situation, I mean, it's you're going oh. to bias. Yeah, no, here's, here's the thing. It's like, someone would say, oh, you're trying to hang out. And then my brain, it's just something my brain does almost instantly. It's like, nobody ever wants to hang out with me that quickly. Like that ass, like I... But no, what if it was just like a random... I, just, I don't know what it has to do. It might be my mental health. It might be just like... A, it's like I'm suspicious about everybody. It's just it's just something weird. But I'm always... Even if someone... Not even just because of that. Not even, But mainly because of my... It would be like... I would probably be like, uh, no. But thanks for offering. You guys seem super nice. Um, and I might get her Snapchat or something and like talk to her in the future. But... I would definitely think it's weird from the jump, and I also definitely wouldn't have done it probably because of Maya. But um, okay, so you do? You, would you say that you love this girl? I mean, her and I have said that to each other. Yeah. So yeah. I so you say, love yeah. this girl, but you're not dating. I feel like that's a common theme right now with yeah. like Gen Z. You know, it's like casual dating, casual sex. Everyone's out here just kind of having fun with each other. What do you think that means in terms of like? I don't know. You guys aren't in a relationship. So what does that really mean? You know? Yeah. That's a, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, we both know there's value to it and we both know that there's enough value not to fuck it up by cheating on each other. And then we both know there's value to it. That, to that's jealous. just crazy. It's like you guys even see cheating. Like the fact that that's even a word. Yeah, I mean, like we know, I mean, neither of us have called it cheating and neither of us have done it. 
So it's like we've never had to like bring it up. But you're in. I just I I don't get that being in a relationship yeah. without saying you are like, hey, you're my girlfriend. I uh, like, do I, you call her your girlfriend? No, no, I'm not. Um, I mean, regardless of, I the, love you, Maya. I, I love you, babe. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do you ever say babe or baby or I mean, any sometimes she says term babe. of endearment like She'll that? Say, she calls me terms of endearment, but I mean, me being the fucking, you know, logical motherfucker I am, I usually just call people by their name. He rarely calls me bro. We are together every day. Yeah, I call him Will almost every time. And I, I call You're my, just addressing him as a human. Yeah, I know. Since I had, since I was a kid, since I was a kid, I had... Two sets of grandparents, so I called my, I said I called one Grandma Jan, one Grandma Judy. Um, Joe, no, let's talk about your names. Let's talk about your family names. <laughs> okay, uh, so my dad's side of the family, it's all J's. Um, all J's. Whoa. Jenkins. Jenkins. My last name is Jenkins. Um, my so. my dad's name is J, straight up J A Y Jenkins. J Jenkins. Um, whoa. My brother's name is James. My mom's middle name is Jacqueline, but. Her, First name is Denise, but that's not really part of the story because she kind of just jumped in. It's, you know, um, and then my grandma's name is Jan, grandpa's name is Jim, uncle's name is John, um, aunt's name is Janelle. Are you gonna have J kids? Probably. I mean, You're the third Joseph, right? Uh, no, I'm not the no, third. Junior. No, I'm not. I'm not a junior. You're not even a junior. <laughs> no, 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 nobody. We all change. We always change it up. There's never been a Joe before. Oh. Um, but we are also like low key on the on the deep side, related to uh, you know you guys familiar with Jameson whiskey? Oh, Jameson yeah. whiskey. Yeah, technically we're related to one of the brothers that invented Jameson. Jameson Jenkins. No, oh, it wasn't Jameson Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, you get it. But it's like yeah, guy so, guy Jenkins. Uh, guy guy Jenkins. <laughs> guy guy Jenkins. That's what I'm. Professor at. guy. Bring it back to yeah, what what people are gonna call me when I'm a teacher. That'll be his teacher's name for sure. Fucking awesome, <laughs> guy, guy Jenkins. So you guys are technically related, but not getting any of the royalties of no, the sales. Not, <laughs> yeah, technically related. Yeah, if it's I went, like, up, it's like you and mine. Yeah, don't call us related. Yeah, no, but me and my, it's just been kind of a complicated situation. I love you guys together, man. Yeah, no, we have we have a good dynamic, and we were we both kind of like do similar stuff together, and we get each other pretty well. It's just kind of like we've never gotten to the point of decisiveness between both of us to be like, yes, let's just say yes and do it and date. Yeah, I feel like that's been a theme that I've been seeing lately. It's just people don't want to put labels on stuff; they want it to yeah. be more flowing. I feel like a lot of people are. Being more like poly and, and doing like these couple swaps and yeah. cuckold and just oh, all, you know what I mean like there's people just doing these swinging clubs like everyone's just trying to have fun with everybody and you know that's one way to live life for sure why should we be bound to one person forever but at the same time I think there's a lot of value in being with somebody and creating you know like um creating a dynasty. You know, you need to have two forces together to build something pretty cool. So I, I think cheating is is a very low, kind of just bad, evil thing to do because it's just always going to create this sense of doubt in somebody's head of whether they were it's good stressed. enough or, you know, why they do that. I drove them there, you know, 
it just creates this hell for somebody. So why why put somebody through that? You know, like you said, like what your dad has always told you, you can always break up with somebody. It's just, it always sucks to see someone kind of, and I, I think it's promoted a lot in rap music and a lot of the media that we consume that it's cool to be cheating. It's cool to do drugs. You know, like we're talking about euphoria. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, younger kids will look at it and won't see the deeper meaning behind it. But they're like, they see drugs. They see people having sex. So they want to start doing that, too. It becomes, like, so impersonal. You know? I feel like... I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you look at old movies and old poems and old books and old songs. And they're just so much more... Uh, so much more romantic, you know? There was... Like, Romeo and Juliet. Obviously. But that would never fucking happen now. Yeah. Be like... Can you actually imagine some frat boy standing under somebody's balcony in the rain and not like instead being in their car snapchatting him? <laughs> like, I mean, it doesn't, and it doesn't make like, I like, I mean, I would also rather be fucking dry, but it's so, it seems so impersonal nowadays. Yeah. And I feel like when people are having high amounts of casual sex, that shit is so bad for you, man. Yeah. That shit was so bad for my mental health. It was really you know, bad for mine, too. You know, and I'm curious to learn more about that, but I, I think the thing that it makes me think about is that you're having a very sacred energy exchange with somebody. You know what I mean? Like, it really is something exactly. that is a very powerful thing. And so you're kind of absorbing everyone's, you know, the person that you're engaging in that, you know, physical contact with, you're engaging their and downloading their energy essentially you know like and you're kind of carrying on that load and so you never know who you're connecting with and the experiences that they've had and that inadvertently gets tied onto you and i think that's when we start having these areas of complication within our mental health and we start thinking a little differently but i'm curious about you guys because i know um you know dabbled in that casual dancing scene so how has it made you guys think when you're doing too much tango (laughs) man um i mean it's definitely i was talking about this today uh it's a quote men love strange but people love strange people love what they don't know you know like uh think about a uh seeing a porn star naked still naked body you know still something but then all of a sudden, Jennifer Lawrence, who you've been watching for 10 years with clothes on, gets naked. It's a different thing. So there's, there's, that, whole, there's that whole idea of, like, chasing and, like, it's always fun to socialize and have tension and, you know, potential for a night. It could go or it couldn't. The chance. It's, it's all, and, you know, things like that. New experiences. But like you said, it's so intense and it's so emotional, sex. Um, that just like waking up in the morning and being like, I don't know you like that. And we just did that. It's it's taxing, you know? And it's makes you fucking sad. Just being like, yeah, just being like, I've, I've got nobody to share that with because I've done that and shared that with people I don't care about. And it becomes diluted. Mm. One thing I will say about casual sex, I mean, I, it's, it's tough. It's hard. 
I mean, I was, um, it's, it's kind of a loophole too. It's like really easy to get caught up into it. Cause I mean, it feels good to like have people tell you that you look good and they want to be with you in that way. But when you do it and you don't know anything about this person and you know, what really sucks is like when they leave afterwards, they don't like sleep there. It's just kind of like, they just go home, they drive home like late at night or something like that. Or you drive home late at night or like you're just there to hook up and then leave. It just, it feels, it feels weird. Like you have just gone, gone somewhere, taking time out of your day to go be with this person on a physical level. And, and then, connect. Yeah, and connect. Nice. And then, I mean, you know, you might not even hang out with them ever again. Like, I mean, I know girls that I've done that to. Like, it, 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 make, it makes me feel weird. I mean, I've done it and it just kind of like makes my stomach crawl. Like, you know, it's like, like it's not bad enough to where I won't do it again. Because obviously I did it for a while, but I don't do it anymore. And it feels a little better just to know that you don't have to, you know. Because it's like, a, it always felt like, oh man, this is something that I really like to enjoy to do. But now it's like, oh, I don't have to do this to get that same feeling. I can just search for someone that gives me the constant feeling of that. You know what I'm saying? Someone that I deserve and they deserve. You know, the, someone that coincides with me. You know, and it's like, it's really tough to do that when, you've, when you're caught in the loop of just casual sex with a couple of different people at a time. I mean, the couple of the, the girls that switching it out, you know, rosters, that kind of shit. It's like, it's hard to get out of that because once you... I mean, not only would you, like, maybe potentially hurt someone's feelings that was already in that, like, situation on the other side of it, it's like, you're also gonna feel bad about yourself, because, you know, you're like, you were doing this, and then once you stop, you look back on it, and you're like, that was kind of messed up, like, I mean, I know I did that when I stopped doing it a while ago. Um, it's like, just, like, last week? The fuck out of here. No, we're talking, like, 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 like four months ago, like maybe like two weeks, God, three. That's <laughs> not one, bro. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, it's just it's hard to think about sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, we just we gotta be careful who we exchange energy with, just because I don't know. We are really beings of energy you know people the moment they hear energy they want to dismiss it and say oh you're sounding like a hippie right now Nah, that's not true but it's like no dude just look at the world but like everything around us is energy and when you're being that vulnerable with somebody and really exposing your you know the deepest part of you you're saying hey look at my physical skin sack i'm looking at yours and now we're gonna make a baby you know what I mean? It's like you're straight up doing some coitus, trying to make a kid, and then you never talk to that person again. And coitus, you, yeah, that coitus, bro. It's emotional, man. Yeah, it can get real deep and emotional. I don't know. It's so human. It's like the most animalistic yet like the most human thing there is. Really, literally stripping everything down and doing biologically what you were built to do. Yeah, and I feel like going back to these, you know, rap songs and things on the TV, it's like they're really wanting people to... It almost seems like the media is trying to dismantle the idea of the nuclear family, where they don't want there to be 
Because I feel like that's one of the greatest privileges that you could have is a family. Mm-hmm. You have two parents in a, in a household telling you what to do and giving you direction on how to navigate life. There's a lot of people who don't have that privilege. And, you know, that's one of the biggest privileges in the world. And so if you dismantle that family, you know, you're putting these kids in and in, in this hole in this like area to be heavily influenced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then we can start getting these kids to go down this route. Okay, these kids are going to be drug dealing. These kids are going to be in gangs. These kids are going to be, you know, doing this. So, yeah, that being in this day and age and having casual sex be as big as it is, I feel like it just really lowers and kind of makes the idea of connecting with someone just seem not as significant. And because it's not significant anymore, People are just kind of having kids out of wetlock, and then these kids have no sense of direction. And then there's just a lot of hurt children out there that are eventually going to be adults that are going to maybe hurt other people in different ways. I think I think that's all true, but I also think it's like it was never perfect, you know? It wasn't like, you know, back... It's not like, oh, back then, you know, and now it's fucked up. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like I mean, it was normal to get drunk and hit your wife. In front of your kids. Like, that was a fucking... That was a normal thing to do. Yeah. Back in the day. And uh, I think as as solutions and things in society progresses and we become more tolerant and we become more woke, um, the problems evolve as well. And uh, I don't know. I think it's all just... Like you said, it's all just energy. It's all just love and effort. And a good... Like, you could call it... Like, it could be... I don't know, four fucking circus animals, but, you know, they care enough about each other. Just be like, that's what a good fucking, that's what a good family is. That's what, that's how you produce a good person. Somebody who's going to, you know, go put out good, good energy into into the world and shit. Definitely. I mean, as we start to wrap up this podcast session, I definitely want us to end on a more little positive note. We're talking about some... You know, deranged, casual, dancing tango coitus. So it's like, let's, let's put something up in the clouds. More domestic abuse. Yeah, yeah, that's a little more positive to end on instead of just ending all bleak and people being like, oh, shit, man. I guess, what are you guys just really excited about? Whether it be in your life, about in the future, about society drugs <laughs> anything what's just what's something that's making you guys a little excited um something that's making me a little excited uh, fired up about. what am i fired up about? i'm fired about i'm fired up about um this alaska trip i'm going on i'm gonna so uh and over spring break everybody in my house all my friends are going to cabo I don't have a passport, um, <laughs> so uh, my I, my parents are going to Vegas with my brother because he's turning twenty one. They didn't get me a ticket, so I'm uh, I was either gonna go solo dollar at my house, and I was like, "Wow, I've been there before. I've never been to Alaska." So I bought myself a ticket in a, in a hotel room for three nights at Alaska, and uh, I in Alaska, and I'm I'm just gonna go to Alaska. Smoke Alaskan weed, drink Alaskan beer. I'm gonna be by myself. I'm gonna do some hikes, read some books while I'm just hanging out on the beach or on like a balcony or something, and hopefully just have a good time. Is it pretty cold over there right now? I mean, it's probably a little cold. I mean, going to Anchorage should be pretty cold. It'll probably be like 30s, 40s, 
But I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I've been cold before. <laughs> yeah. like, I have a coat, man. Yeah, like, I got a jacket. Fine. Yeah. I got some gloves. Like, I got some good shoes. I drink like three beers before I go out. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. What would you say you're excited about, Will? Oh, man. Um, I'm fired up. My parents are coming back into town. They're not back into town. They're coming to town. Uh, and it's five days now. Which is sick because I haven't been home or seen them in a couple months. So that's going to be cool. Fired up about Cabo. <coughs> We're going to Cabo. It should, should be pretty wild. Uh, one of my, my best friend actually from Denver just happens to have the same spring break and happens to be going to Cabo. So hopefully I get to see that intersect because I brought my other best friend to the house uh, after we went hiking, Jack. And um, it was so cool to watch like Joe, Iman, um, Roddy, like a bunch of guys just immediately click with Jack and just watching that those two worlds collide. And then on an even bigger scale, have like him and his best friends from California and me and my best friends from Washington all in Cabo at the same time. It would be fucking tight. So we can organize that. That's, that's what I'm fired up about. What about you? Yeah, I like that. I would say I'm just kind of fired up to live another day tomorrow. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? As simple as that. Wake up. I think it's really easy to kind of get distracted in the noise of life. You know, there's all these flashy stuff here. You know, buy this. Someone's going over here. They're doing that. But I think when you just wake up in the morning and when your feet touch the ground and you say thank you and you start adopting this attitude for gratitude mm. and just following this three-step creative process of trying to you know take control and manifest your life by just asking believing receiving you do those three things every single day when you're taking a shower you know you're able to really be the author of your story and write each page so i'm just excited to take everything one day at a time because it's important to have goals it's important to look forward to stuff you know events sharing experiences with people but we always got to realize that it's not that we're a rational being, kind of like what Aristotle is saying. We're more of a living being, which is more along the lines of what Friedrich Nietzsche was categorizing us, is that we stray so far away from being human and thinking about these theories and whatnot, but we're living creatures. So we need to drink water and pay attention to our diet and be active and be with people who care about us and when we are more grounded within the actual physical material world i think that's when we start to feel a little bit better about ourselves because when our brain starts to drift away and we're isolating ourselves from other people and we're kind of just in our own little box in our rooms just with the thoughts on our head and weighing on our shoulders it's like doing a hike and each step that you take on that hike is like adding a rock in there so it's like, okay, yo, you're trying to get to the top, and you know you're going to get to the top because this is your mountain. This is based on you. But then it's like each step you take, there's added more weight, and then it gets to a point where you can't go anymore. And for some people, that's when they reach that point where they kill themselves, is that they believe that they weren't capable of hiking the mountain that they were destined to, to hike. And I think... That's our birthright. It's a birthright to explore our potential. And the only way to really understand your potential and to know why you're here is to ask. 
hey, why am I here? And I think when you start to just ask, you start to, the universe starts to provide reasons as to why you should be alive. You know, one, uh, one of the most influential quotes that I've ever heard was from my eighth grade baseball coach, Anthony uh, Newell. And he told me that, he said, you know what, Isaac, in life, if you don't ask, you don't get He said, just remember that. He said, if you're not going to speak up and you're going to ask for something and you're going to assert yourself in the situation and say, hey, look at me. I'm alive. I'm part of this world. I have my thoughts to share. If you don't do that, you'll never get anything. And I immediately implemented his advice the next day. And it was a Wednesday. It was chicken nugget line. It was chicken nugget day. And the chicken nugget line is always super long. And I remember... Because it's Chicken Nugget Day, I want more chicken nuggets. You know, it's like they're pretty dang. It comes with mashed potatoes and gravy, and you want more. And I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about my coach right now. You don't ask, you don't get. So the moment I get up there in front of the line, I'm going to ask for more. Because if I don't ask, I'm not going to get anything in my life. And so I go up there, and, you know, they're just like, she's like, hey, how are you doing? And I said, hello, um extra chicken nuggets please and i kind of was just like looking at her smiling and she kind of just like furrowed her brow and like tilted her head and she said what i said extra chicken nuggets please and she kind of just looked at me and kind of smirked and then she and then she threw in like three or four extra and put and she's like i put them under your mashed potatoes and i was like thank you and after that i literally just had almost like this adrenaline in my head where it's like I unlocked a truth about the world. I'm like, dude, if you don't ask, you will never get. Like, if you see that girl over there that you think you want to go talk to, go talk to her. There's a job that you see posted on LinkedIn and you think that you're underqualified, but it's something that you would really enjoy doing. Just apply. You don't ask. If you're not going to even ask for help from a professional or your friends, you will never receive it. So it's like when you really look at the world through that lens, we have all the life. We have all the power. We are in complete control. So why not ask? Because if you ask, you'll get. And so that's what I'm fired up about. And that concludes the Searching for Something podcast where we look at everything and anything. Today, we started out with mental health. We traveled through the different realms of the metaverse, talking about relationships Drake being a pedophile, who knows, people hating LeBron, hating Tom Brady because they're winners. You know, if there was value here, then thank you for listening. If there wasn't, then fuck you. Boycott Drake. And I do like Hotline Bling, Get the fuck out. (laughs) Motto is pretty nice. But I love you all. Thank you.